0: the elimination of Nazi tyranny over the oppressed peoples of Europe and security for ourselves in a free world. Your task will not be an easy one. Your enemy is well-trained, well-equipped, and battle-hardened. He will fight savagely. We shall prove ourselves once more able to defend our island home, to ride out the storm of war and to outlive the menace of tyranny, if necessary for years. If necessary, alone. will defend to the death their native soil, aiding each other like good comrades to the utmost of their strength. We shall go on to the end. This day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. Give strength to their arms, stoutness to their hearts, steadfastness in their faith. They will need thy blessings. Their road will be long and hard. For the enemy is strong, but we shall return again and again. And we know that by thy grace and by the righteousness of our cause, our Son. the tide has turned. The free men of the world are marching together to victory. I have full confidence in your courage, devotion to duty, and skill in balance. We will accept nothing less than full victory. Good luck, and let us all beseech the blessing of Almighty God upon this great and noble undertaking.
1: We'll get this right eventually. (laughs) Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Monday, all. Happy Monday, everyone and all. Welcome, welcome to a brand new week and a brand new edition of The Sea Report coming to you live on this uh, Monday, June 6, 2022. I clearly have too much going on behind the scenes here. (laughs) I hope everyone is doing great out there. It's like, man, I am just scurrying around. Yeah, I was trying to get this... um, I was trying to get this broadcast to go off without a hitch, right, like, you know, seamless, ladies and gentlemen, just seamless from top to bottom, from ending to finish, I mean, from beginning to conclusion, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, et cetera. you guys know what I mean, but you know, uh, f- for every intent and purpose... Uh, things just don't go that way. Sometimes I was like, it's going to be crisp. It's going to be clean. It's going to be clear. Uh, it's going to look totally like it's almost professional. You know, like I've been in the game for a minute, even though the Lord knows I've only been doing this for a little while, but Anyhow, some of you guys are probably like, well, why the heck are you uh, so worried about making your production or your show come off pretty perfect? Well, uh, it's because, you know, um, I, I'm, uh, I'm signing up for this uh, type of a channel type of thing. I'll give you guys more details as it's ready. But the only thing about it is, at the moment, you know... Um, uh, the only way for, um, I guess the audience or the viewers who participate with that, uh, network, uh, can only, well, the content creators can only upload, um, or share any of their content that's been posted on YouTube. So I'm like, I gotta make this look really crisp and clear, and I gotta make sure not to say, and I don't have a mute button, right? Or a beeper button, right? Like those little gag buttons that people press. So I can't say CV19. I need to do a couple of episodes where I don't talk about the integrity of certain types of activities wherein, uh, you know, um, a democratic based type of uh, system is used, right? Uh, well, we got, guys, we all know, yes, this is a constitutional republic that utilizes the system of democracy in order to do what? Vote, right? Okay. So can't talk about that. So anyways, incidentally, today's show, we're not going to talk about any of those topics. Got to be wondering what the heck are we going to be talking about then? Uh, there's, there's a lot of different things uh, on the table, you know. Uh, today is what? The uh, anniversary, would you call it an anniversary? The anniversary of D-Day, right? D-Day, uh, happened, uh, what was the storming of Normandy Beach? It was the turning point, um, I guess you could say, of the, uh, World War Two front, uh, back in the day. Now, obviously, uh, D-Day is way before my time, right? Uh, I, my grandfather, I believe, uh, on my father's side, uh, participated in that war, if I'm not mistaken, and my father was in Vietnam after that. So, you know, yeah, I, I come from a line of, uh, Militaristically involved uh, nation-serving uh, individuals, ladies and gentlemen. Now, on my mom's side, I don't think that they did. Well, you know, no, I, I take it back. I remember one of my uncles was in the navy, and I think one of my other uncles was somewhere in the military. But most of them were just, you know, drunk musicians. So I'm like, I don't remember what they did or who they did. Actually, I think even my grandfather on my mom's side served. I don't know if he went to war, uh, but I know uh, I remember. I recall seeing him maybe in a like a military-styled outfit of some sort. Uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, so anyways, I just thought I would play that. You know, we're not going to be doing an episode on D-Day, but uh, since it came across my desk, I was like, well, you know what? I don't think I've ever really focused or talked about that. I mean, kind of when I look back at old footage of like, uh, you know, World War One. World War II, uh, specifically like the, um, specifically like where the diplomats get together or the, the um, leaders of nations get together. When I look at that footage now, when I see it, all I see is like a, a movie set. You know what I mean? Like it's just so weird to me how, you know, it's all grainy and black and white. And of course, I'm talking more specifically about like the World War I footage. And, you know, they have, like, all the world leaders walking up to, like, have a talk. Like, you know, they got Stalin coming in and, and everyone else. And, like, they're there just filming it. And he's like, and Joseph Stalin is uh, coming into the White House now to, uh you know, uh, have this meeting, blah, 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 blah. It just, it looks so fake now. When I look at it, I'm like, you know, how long have they been playing a movie to fool all of us now? I, I realize anyone who's new to this a broadcast would probably think like, oh, wow, this guy, he's right up there with the uh, Holocaust deniers, the flat earthers, and the, the and the 9-11 truthers, right? Saying that all of world history is nothing but a show, totally orchestrated, scripted, and manipulated to uh, influence and to confuse and to uh, deceive the world into believing that things are the way that they are and that they have no power to change it and that these... uh these... These instruments are so big that uh, uh, certainly one would need to um, uh, divest themselves of their right to govern, indeed divest themselves of their human right of self-determination and totally, totally uphold uh, the nation's leader and the ideal of the nation as a collective as we move forward into the 20th and 21st centuries, right? So... With that in mind, you know, when I look at the old footage, that's what I think, right? And so, uh, I don't know, but, you know, I was just like, well, you know, let's just at least throw a tribute out there to D-Day just so we can kind of honor and remember, you know, what these guys did. Even though we had, like, what? Like, Winston Churchill and all these other people talking and, uh, you know, they were probably all part of the same thing, right? They were probably all part of the same thing. And then, uh, of course, it opened with Eisenhower talking there, uh, you know, encouraging the soldiers as he was... uh, he was uh, uh, in the military services at that time, prior to being the president, right? Who was it? Um, it was uh, Roosevelt, right? Franklin Roosevelt, um, the guy who brought major social, uh, <laughs> he, the guy who brought major social, uh, social programs to uh, the United States of America, probably the first one, right? probably the first one to do that and uh let's see well no he probably wasn't the first one anyways i don't know why i just said that he brought major social programs you know i mean we're talking about like uh you know expanding the uh expanding the uh, footprint of government right yeah Mm mm-hmm that's exactly what it was. Uh, June 6th, 1944, more than 156,000 Americans, British, and Canadian troops stormed. 50 miles of Normandy's fiercely defended beaches in northern France in an operation that proved to be a critical turning point in World War II. For those of you uh, millennials, Generation Zs, and heck, even, uh, even uh, what do you call it, uh, Xs and Ys out there, <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's what today would be all about. You know, um, I had read this other, like, headline somewhere that was like, Go Ogle, like, uh, does not honor, uh, you know, Doomsday, Doomsday, D-Day. Yeah, it doesn't even stand for anything, though. I thought it was actually quite interesting. Like, uh, some people call it Victory Day. Um, you know, some people call it Doomsday <laughs> But it doesn't actually stand for anything, apparently, you know. If I'm going off of uh, history.com's, like, top most interesting facts about D-Day, it's just a term that the military used to designate the launch date of a mission. You know, they're like, D-Day is this day, June 6, 1944. And that's basically all it boiled down to, uh, from what I understand. Anyhow, yeah, they were saying that Go Ogle... Uh, opted not to uh, remember or honor doomed, uh, D-Day. Rather, rather, and I wouldn't know because actually I opened up the browser now, but I wouldn't really, I, I don't I don't use Go Ogle to, to do my searches, guys. I do not use Go Ogle. And yes, when I say Go Ogle, I am referring to Google, right? Because they ogle you, right? Ogle, ogle, they're watching you, Go Ogle. Um, so... Just in case you all guys never noticed, every time I say go ogle, I'm referring to google. <laughs> Anyways, go ogle decided to honor the espresso machine today instead of uh the heroes of the D-Day invasion. Uh you know, I got to say guys, I'm a big fan of espresso, but uh come on go ogle, what's more important? Uh well, you know to the uh the social social minded uh uh ladder climbers of like the younger generations. You got to have your espresso machine and you need to have a day that honors that espresso machine, especially considering that in the future, not too far away from here, if the globalists have their way, that very espresso machine will be a service and not a commodity. So, uh, I guess I get it. I guess I get it. Right, Aurelius Locke says deployment day. You know, that actually makes sense. And I think you might have one up on history.com, Aurelius. Uh, it, why couldn't they figure that out, right? The military uses the term D-Day to designate the deployment date. <laughs> All right, Aurelius. You see, I've got a great audience here, guys. Uh, if you want to get in on the chat, you got to go over to the foxhole.app. And uh, that way you can also... Also, uh, submit any um, items of uh, of insight and knowledge and wisdom that you might have for us today. But yeah, so very good, very good. You know, um, that was today. I mean, I guess today was also the day that espresso machines became a thing. Uh, but if you're more interested in the history of this world, and we all know that at large, by and large... Uh, There are forces on this planet that would much rather uh, erase those histories, okay? So this way they can come up with their own histories, right? And they can uh, reshape the lives, the minds, and the the pathways of uh, the people that live on this planet uh, to whatever will it is that they would rather it be. We can always speculate or we can read their white papers, ladies and gentlemen, but that is how that goes. So... Uh, That was our little opening tribute to the D-Day invasion, ladies and gentlemen, the largest amphibious invasion in military history uh, with a lot of planning and a lot of deception and propaganda just to get one over on them. Right. And uh, well, you know, I mean, that would that would be it was what you would consider like a genius militaristic move at least in that category. I know a lot of the friends have got something to say about it, too. Let's see what you guys got going on. Uh, Good evening, Awakened Mom. She says, uh, good evening, Mr. C. Happy Monday to you. And, oh, thank you for showing this. No one has even mentioned this today, even the TV. Oh, well, you know, I think that the TV... I think that the TV totally intends not to show it. Um, maybe the reason why no one else outside of the TV and the MSN and the legacy media was sharing this information because they were so preoccupied with another possible invasion. Hmm. I wonder what that could be. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. D-Bar is in the house. Good evening, D-Bar. Welcome. Uh, it is... He- it is heavy in my area. They have been bro- broadcasting a ton for three days. Oh, Debar, that's pretty cool. Uh, I wonder what area you're in. Um, don't tell me you're on the south of France beaches. <laughs> uh, let's see, uh, my uncle died on Saipan, a Marine. He rests in the punch bowl in Hawaii. Oh, very cool. So you have uh, direct relatives from that Um there we go. That's much better. Oh, well, no. Maybe as well as go the whole way. Uh, direct, uh, direct connections to that. Awaken mom. Tim Bajet says, My grandpa on my mom's side fought the Japanese. He regarded Adi Murphy as his hero his whole life, even though he was just as badass. Very cool. All right, guys, and then uh, let's see, Disco Ball Chasers in the house, thank you for spreading the links, Aurelius Locke is mentioned, good evening, my friend, hello, Mr. Rel Anon, good evening, and thank you for joining us, and thank you for the 117 gold pills, and uh, let's see here, Java Java was in the house before uh, the lights went on, hiding in the dark, but uh, you know, we found him, I I just had to follow the smell of popcorn, and I found Java sitting there munching in the dark. (laughs) Uh, FDR and Avril Harriman says Aurelius Locke, uh, indeed, and uh, MSM is trying to bury anything Nazi related so they can keep the uh, we are all the Nazi thing going. That's actually a pretty good, uh, I would say anyways, a pretty good guess or you know assessment or uh, thought um, because this whole Nazi thing is just ridiculous. And of course, what I'm talking about is their denial of it. And then uh, and and now they're trying to hide it. It's just um, no good. No bueno. No bueno, MSM. You've already been found out. There's no point taking off your uh, your wolf's angle now. Everyone already knows the Azov battalion is chock full of Nazis, you know. In fact, I actually spent the weekend uh, collecting a whole bunch of footage about the Nazis in Ukraine. And, you know, I know I've discussed the Nazis in Ukraine here. uh, Well, at length, you know, um, going back to uh, actually as I was mentioning earlier about uh, having a show, having an episode or two that has nothing that would be banned on YouTube, and then also as clean as possible, um, I was going back into older Sea Reports in order to procure all of my episodes about the Russia-Ukraine conflict, because I knew that um, none of those episodes talked about CV-19 or um, voting stuff, right, that would get me kicked, get that episode kicked off or banned from or censored from YouTube. Uh, Because currently that network I'm talking about, you have to upload videos that are on a YouTube account. And I'm like, "Eh!" so it's already active, right? They already have several users on this network and uh, you know, I already have built a channel and I want to start getting content on there. I actually asked them, I was like, hey, are you guys ever gonna allow for like uploading onto your servers or maybe we don't have to use YouTube and they say that's coming soon, so good luck there. But in the meantime, I'm gonna have like an empty channel and it's kind of like a Roku thing, but way more advanced and uh, it's protected from censorship. So um, I went through all of the episodes. I had to deal with the Ukraine Russia conflict, or I should say, the Russia special mission, special military operation in Ukraine. And uh, I go go all the way back to January with some of those episodes. And in January and February, I was specifically hounding down on the Nazis in Ukraine, as well as Obama administration um, officials, such as Jeffrey Pyatt, former Ukraine um, ambassador, and Victoria Nuland, right? Focusing on all of that stuff back in January and February. Hmm. And uh, let's see here. um, You know, now we're, we're already past a hundred days in Ukraine with Putin, right? And Russia. But anyhow, anyhow, um, that was, uh, that, that was what that was all part of, you know, and, and this whole Nazi thing, you know, it's like, uh, I procured all of these episodes, well, not episodes, footage. I found a lot of footage that had to deal with, uh, the Nazis in Ukraine. So I'm considering putting together a pretty little clip show about the Nazis in Ukraine. Now, uh, Vice, as we all know, that bleh, that, that like leftist little uh, media organization, um, they are actually the ones that did the most work on Russia and Ukraine. I, I probably would not share any of their information, though, because only because it, it comes in documentaries like they have like three like hour long documentaries, a couple of 20 minute 30 minute documentaries. So I wouldn't want to just like, because I'd have to like clip it out and edit it and all that stuff. Whereas, you know, there's a whole bunch of other found footage reports and, and stories uh, that I was able to find about the Nazis in Ukraine, just more, just bring out more of it, right? Why not just bring it out and wrap it up in a nice, pretty little package and put a gift on a gift bow on it? Because it's uh, it's, it's damn right ridiculous. You know, like, you know, I mean, if. It makes me wonder if America in general, right, realized, understood, knew that um, we are currently supporting Nazis in the Ukraine. Uh, would would that uh would that cause them to write, you know, or to call or to engage their elected supposed representatives, you know? Like would that, I mean, you know, how much of an outcry do you think would come up? And you know, maybe not much. Maybe not much because after all Israel is also, you know, arming Ukraine and 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 Israel's totally like down with Russia. And that says a lot, right? Because some people were like, well, you know, uh, Zelensky's also Jewish, but you know, the Nazis run Ukraine, okay? As we covered in our last episode, at the tail end of that episode, guys, was that article about that uh, that war criminal, that not, what do they call them? Um, outside of the United States, they call them Yukro-Nazis, Ukrainian Nazis, Yukro-Nazis, right? So um, we uh, covered a story about that Yukro-Nazi guy. I can't remember his name, you know, because it's, it's Ukrainian. So it's hard for me to pronounce it and, um, and hard to remember it, right? And, uh, and that entire article, like, you know, it, it began with a threat against the Crimea, Uh, But what that article did was serve as evidence, you know, for all of the Ukrainian Nazis that are serving in their government, because, you know, that's one of the biggest arguments that we've heard through all of this, right? One of the biggest arguments was like, well, you know, uh, there are no Nazis in Ukraine. And then it's like, well, you know, um, they're just there to help defend their nation. And then it's like, well, you know, even though that they're officially a part of the Ukrainian armed forces. It's just a few of them. Well, you know, even though it's just a few of them, it's it's only like, you know, several battalions. And how big is the battalions is what you have to ask. You know, uh, we're looking at thousands of Ukraine, uh, Ukrainian Nazis in Ukraine, not just like, you know, a a unit of 12 or 13 special ops Nazis fighting for, uh, you know, the uh, sovereignty of the motherland Ukraine. No, 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 no. We're talking about thousands of them. And then that article busts why Open about all of the far-right, ultra-nationalist Nazis who have become part of the government. They're in the parliament. They're they're mayors of cities. They're uh, they're um, chiefs of police. You know, so that was a really stunning article. And you know, I might have to uh, consider doing something special with that information, like making a personalized video. That is done professionally. Uh, I got. I really got to up the ante here at the Sea Report, guys. Is kind of what I'm getting at. Like, I need to. I need to graduate to the next level. So I'm trying to figure out ways that I can do that, um, um, and uh, and still. Well, I mean, I'll always do the show. You know what I mean. But like, I mean, like, I need to. I need to get elevated here at the Sea Report, ladies and gentlemen. Is kind of what I'm trying to say. Uh, but yeah, that's all good information. So you know, I I was. C- searching through all of this footage, just looking for more Ukraine Nazi stuff. And there is just oodles of it out there. Ladies, there is so much information about the Nazis in Ukraine going back like as as much as 10 years, unless you want to go into World War II, right? Let's bring this back to D-Day, right? You know, if you want to go into World War II, I got a lot of footage too, you know, a lot of documentaries about, um, you know, the Ukro Nazis in the 1940s, Uh, um, exterminating the Jews, uh, killing anyone, Russians even. They were still killing the Russians back then too. And then, of course, you know, we forget that Russia for a long time has been the ally of America, except when they don't want to be the ally of Russia. You know, I should say when we don't want to be the ally of Russia, even though that collective we is very disparaging for the innocent, awake Americans who want nothing to do with the globalists, but they seem to be the one... ...that steers the storylines of history, or at least they have been, um, we will we'll try and dethrone them. We're trying to dethrone them. We're trying to remove them from the drawing board, so to speak, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so they, they can continue to lie to the world about real history and about events as they occur... That's why, you know, uh, broadcasts, individuals that uh, share the information about the reality that we find are so important, you know, so important. You know, I actually heard that there are some, you know, even some members in the audience, I think you guys have said that y'all used to keep journals of information about things that were happening, whether it was, uh, you know, events that occur, um, news stories that you've heard, that type of thing. So, so important. You know what I mean? So important because then when we have a Mandela effect moment, everyone's like, what the heck? And I'm like, well, I've got my Darth Vader doll that says Luke. I am your father when I pull the drawstring. Okay. So you don't tell me that he said, he said, uh, no, I am your father. BS. We know the way it really happened. It's not some, uh, mass, uh, memory flop psychosis that's happening here, guys, but, uh, they would have you believe it. They would have you believe it, ladies and gentlemen, if they had their way, that's what they do. They, uh, change and alter history. And, uh, right now, uh, and you know, that's, that's another reason why, uh, this whole, um, what, what, do we call it guys? Uh, preemptive programming happens. I mean, it serves multiple purposes. One, it's preemptive programming, right? Which kind of goes into a psychological mind warfare, right? So this way people are already geared to think a certain way. So even if something really weird happens and it flies in the face of what you see with your own eyes, because you have that preemptive programming, it's kind of easy to switch over to it when you can't explain it for yourself, and you're like, "Wait, what? What do you mean that's happening? This? I just saw them do this, and now you're saying this? Well, they've been preemptively programming you to believe it, but then, you know, on the far end of it, you know, once the dirt has settled of whatever you know um, conflict or you know promulgation that they are uh, imposing on us, then should they be the victor? That preemptive programming then turns into a validated reality, right? So, never mind everything that everyone witnessed and experienced during the entire conflict. Uh, the preemptive programming clearly is the truth, right? And maybe that's also them being, like, kind of, like, new-agey. They're like, we're, we're building our reality. We're speaking our reality into life by this preemptive programming, right? Like, uh, if you want it to exist, you got to dream it. They have their dream boards out there, right? Their dream boards, which is basically their propaganda. It serves three or fourfold, guys. Because and once they win... Their preemptive programming switches over into validated reality, and then uh, the history books are written just like that. So interesting, huh? I don't know. All of that just came to me right now as I was speaking. Not that it was revelatory or anything by any means, but just some food for thought, ladies and gentlemen, as we get into tonight's C-Report, okay? All right. Hey, Sean, Joe, what's up? Thank you for gifting the cookie. Much appreciated. And don't worry, guys, I will tell you about that n- uh, that new network that I'm um, going to be a part of when it's ready to roll, right? I haven't even set up the hardware and I got it in today, so I'm very excited. But the C Report comes first and pleasure comes later. Okay, let's see here. Awakened mom says World War II veterans are definitely the last greatest generation of Americans. It's becoming more obvious today, and there's not many of them left. Awakened mom, not many of them left. Hey Sonia, see how's it going? Saw part of your oh, <laughs> yeah, yes. I forgot, you know, and I my, my DMs are backed up. So uh, anyone who sent me a note, I will check that ASAP. I apologize for the delay. Good to see you, Sonia. Uh, Speaking of Ukraine, Putin is going to have control of Donbass soon. Score one for Putin. Score one for sovereign nations. Score one for ending the globalists' reign and the Nazi genocide in the Donbass. Excellent. Thank you for that. Uh, Let's see. We know he's been close, but uh, we'll see where it goes since uh, Putin currently owns uh, a fifth of Ukraine, right? Uh, We'll we'll see about all of that coming up soon, I'm sure. I was pulling some stories actually about Russia also because we are going to talk a little bit about Russia tonight, not a whole lot. We're going to talk a little bit about Russia. And, you know, uh, I was like, hmm, I could throw these stories in here too. Current reporting on Russia, but time is a factor. And I'm already getting as winded, long-winded as a bagpipe over here. As long-winded as a bagpipe. Mm-hmm. Tim Bajet says, there are Nazis in all that area. Polish, Slavic, Roma, uh, Roman Nazi, Skinhead, Right Sector, IDAR, and many, many more in every government in the region. Good to know, Timbaje. I was actually reading an article about that as well today. Um, uh, I think it talked about the... Slavic Nazis, right? Uh, but yeah, um, that all of the entire area is totally infest- invested with Nazis doesn't surprise me. Uh, but th- again, that is another topic that is not discussed at all. Um, cool. Yes, do send me that article or um, whatever it is that you found that on uh, temperature. I'd be most interested to see it. Nazis gonna naz. Hey Skeeter Burke, what's up? Nazis gonna naz, right? <laughs> that is funny you're funny you are funny skeeter burke um let's see here what else do we got so we can dip into it russians hate nazis and they are large and in charge that's right that is based on historical context and fact right there tim budget and i think that that is also one of the most important things that we should address before you know we get into uh conversations about things we don't know what do i mean by that i mean you know if if you know the legacy press. If some uh, some uh, maladjusted leftist wants to talk about the Ukraine Russia um, special military operation, maybe first they should do a little bit of their homework. Maybe first they should dip into a little bit of history about Ukraine uh, and Nazism, and, uh, and and also Russia's stance on Nazism. You know, so this way they don't go around calling Putin a Nazi, right? I've seen that already at all. Putin's a Nazi. He's a fascist. He's just like Hitler. I'm like, you know, uh, Russia kind of wanted to destroy Hitler and his very existence. Uh, So you know what? uh, Maybe you should do a little bit of homework, but absolutely. Yep. Timbichit says, also, I have been called a Nazi. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You guys are talking and I'm losing my comment box here. Uh, what, what about being called a Nazi? He says, uh, I have been called a Nazi uh, so many times, even though the only criteria I have is that I am white and conservative, right? Yeah, isn't that funny? And that's the only reason why the left was reporting on the Nazis in Ukraine, because they were right wing. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Even though Nazis were social Democrats, mm Funny, 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 right? So, so funny, the way history rolls like that. Very funny indeed. Makes me want to uh, shoot milk right out my nostrils. It's so damn funny. My uh, funny bone is sore. Uh, Let's see here. I wasn't worried about them while Trump was president. Now I pray for them every day. Who are you talking about, uh, Sonia? Did I miss something? I missed something. I think I missed something. Anyhow... Yeah, there is something. What are you guys talking about? Now I want to go... Now I want to go be an eavesdropper. Aha! During the BHQ last term, I told my son to let the military... Military. What? Oh, I lost it again. Oh, you guys are talking too much. OK, okay. We, we got it. We got it. We got to get into tonight's report or um, we're going to be here till midnight. Hey, CJM61. How's it going? Thank you for gifting the can. Have a beer on me, Mr. C. Much appreciated. I might not be having a beer or anything remotely alcoholic, but uh, cheers, my friend. Thank you so much. And uh, let's just finish these comments so we can get on to report. Uh, no wonder Putin is flipping out and trying to take them out. Oh yeah, indeed, Uh, indeed, indeed, yes. I mean, they are all, what what did he call them? He called them drug addicted Nazis, right? And I don't doubt that. And I saw someone else making a comment about uh, Nazis on meth or something like that. I was like, ah, interesting, very, very interesting. Oh, national socialists, you're right. Thank you, CJM61. I'm thinking of socialist Democrats, my bad. (laughs) My bad. Okay, yeah, it's a very interesting history. I can't wait to see what history is going to look like once we get all of these lying scribes out of the way, right? Uh, To the victor goes history. Indeed, right? Indeed. Okay, as we get into tonight's Sea Report um, uh, um, housekeeping, bloop, make sure you guys go ahead and take a visit at theseareport.com. Yes, that's right, theseareport.com, because America is awake, right? And uh, like I said, we just got a whole bunch of things over there. I had uh, rebuilt the page not too long ago, at least the homepage, uh, with some really cool, at least I think they're cool, Uh, Phrases, um, um, quotes from our leaders, such as this one by John Adams, When Annual Elections End, Their Slavery Begins. Uh, And uh, how about this one over here by Thomas Jefferson? I think this one is so important. I'd never read it before, but I'm here to read it and share it with you all today. A strict observance of the written laws is doubtless one of the high duties of a good citizen, but it is not the highest The laws of necessity, of self-preservation, of saving our country when in danger are of a higher obligation. Now think about that for a minute, guys. Think about that for a minute. When you have people saying, "Oh, we can't do that because uh, if we do, um, um, there's no law written for it," or uh, you can't uh, oppose, uh, you know, a law that was written, you you can't stop us from taking your guns. You can't you can't stop the electoral count. You can't do any of that, right? Uh huh. Oh, well, in fact, we can. Um, Because it is our moral obligation. You know, it is our moral obligation. Stronger obligation than following the duties of written laws is the necessity of self-preservation and preserving our country when those laws have been written by our treasonous representatives. That's just some really good food for thought right there, guys. Really good food for thought. That quote sent me into a spiral of thoughtfulness. Ladies and gentlemen, a spiral of thoughtfulness. Anyhow, what else is on here? Uh, yeah, Just I'm just actually just plugging the website, guys. So thecereport.com, that's all I'm doing. <laughs> Uh, Don't know that I'm necessarily here for the uh, quotes. Knowledge will forever govern ignorance and a people who mean to be their own governors must arm themselves with the power which knowledge gives. James Madison, right? Pretty good stuff, huh? Pretty good stuff, I would say. Uh, Posted a new article last night. Arizona lawmakers host True the Vote ballot trafficking hearing uh with clips from the arizona um hearing with uh true the vote uh when was it last Tuesday so clipped some clipped some stuff out. Wrote the article myself. Posted it there. We got some other articles here, like Al Qaeda is on our side. How Obama slash Biden empowered terrorists. Okay, I think you guys are going to start to see the Obama administration come into focus again for some odd reason. Gee, I wonder what the Obama administration could have done that uh, we suddenly want to bring him back into the conversation. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that tonight as well. Uh, to spy on a Trump aide. The the FBI pursued a dossier rumor the press shot down as BS. So, yeah, just different articles, guys. Pentagon, Biolabs, Ukraine. So, you know, providing different types of content there, you know, at thecereport.com. So check it out, guys. Uh, you know, join the mailing list here. Oh, wait. Join the mailing list here. Get in contact here, etc. Just doing a little plug for the show. Don't mind me for the website. Don't mind me, guys. Don't mind me. Um, all right. Where does that put us now? We're done with that. We are done with the housekeeping. And uh, just by way of an honorable mention, guys, I thought this was absolutely ridiculous, right? Absolutely ridiculous. Had to go and look up how many days has it been since uh, illegitimate Joe um, held a press conference, right? You know, uh, uh, did any type of meaningful... Uh, parlance to the American people by way of their, you know, corrupt and uh, treasonous press corps, right? I mean, even with a whole host of legacy media outlets that are clearly on his side, that are clearly on the side of the globalists, that clearly have an agenda, right, that is anti-American and against the American people and the Constitution, this man still cannot hold a press conference. It's been a hundred and fourteen days. hundred and fourteen days since he's had his last press. Sorry, I heard a noise. Last press conference, and um, uh, but but now he's about to have one, guys. He is about to have a press conference. Is it a press conference? He's about to meet officially with a member of the press. I I guess right. Um, isn't it interesting, guys? That the current White House regime, that the globalist-backed Deep State Department, all of the above, get away with considering someone like Jimmy Kimmel, a member of the press, really? That's what the headlines read. Joe Biden to meet with the press, Jimmy Kimmel, right? And first official meeting with the press in 114 days. I don't know, guys. I don't know about that. I mean, isn't it sad that there is an entire, probably two or three generations that believe that late night talk shows and Saturday Night Live are actual members of the press? I mean, you get someone on your late night talk show, you're there for late night entertainment. But you know, guys, I am part of a generation who in high school would watch the likes of The Daily Show. Uh, I think it was Jon Stewart back then. And uh, Saturday Night Live. A- and, and then eventually whatever stupid, lame, late night talk show. I think we're also including David Letterman was still on. No, he wasn't on. Who Who's the other one that was on? The guy with the chin, right? What's his name? The guy with the big moon chin? I can't remember his name. Because I never watched any of these losers. But all the losers that I went to high school with would go home get high and watch uh you know the daily show and and other late night shows right and and then they would go to school the next day and puffed up with this false sense of knowledge and definite esteem and arrogance, would uh, would talk about the things that they know about the world because they watched uh, you know a John Stewart, a Jay Leno. They watched Jay Leno. You know they found their new they got their news from these late night talk shows, even though they're farce. They're 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 um, I was gonna say parasitic. Basically, they're, they're parody. You know their their joke shows, their c- comedy shows, but no. No, no 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 they got their news and information from the late night shows and that made them feel so intellectual right and so full of knowledge so worldly right so knowable thank you everyone shouting out me uh, jay leno uh and conan o'brien right oh i don't know about that conan guy he, he's kind of scary looking anyways um so yeah it is exactly what this all is. You know, it's ridiculous, right? It's ridiculous that his appearance on the Jimmy Kimmel show will pass for a news conference, guys, a press conference. They can they can bring his days back to zero now as far as the absence from the press uh, because apparently, I don't know. I mean, who's going to watch that train wreck? I don't know, you know, uh, but I'm sure there will be plenty of uh, fodder there. To poke fun at, uh, because that's the only thing that uh, the Biden administration is good for. A good laugh, ladies and gentlemen, a good laugh. So, yeah, I thought this was uh, notable before. This is not part of the actual report. I just wanted to talk crap about it a little bit, guys. Here's one other honorary mention before we get into the C-Report for tonight. Everyone was kind of like, oh, what's this all about? You know, why do we I mean, people made a big deal about this. Bringing in these Korean, like uh, little hot Twinkie boys, to the White House, right? They're like, oh, what was the, what was the line that they pushed? Um, the Biden ad- administration using Korean uh, sex idols to push, like, I don't know, the next biggest uh, the Ill- illness or what were they using them for to distract people, right? Um, from uh, Russia and from uh, Durham and everything, right? Well, you know, I made a pretty good assessment, I think, guys, uh, because when they visited, wasn't it like the first day of June? It's pretty obvious that the reason why White House would bring in, you know, uh, Korean propagandists... Uh, to influence the youth of America, was it was actually a gift, right, to all of the D.C. staffers and the cartel and, and all of the men over there. In uh, in the White House, I'm gonna get a little bit crass here, guys. Up on Capitol Hill, this was this was actually a gift in honor of Pride Month, guys. They passed these boys around everywhere in Washington, D.C. It had nothing to do with propaganda, guys. It had nothing to do with propaganda. It had nothing to do with uh, yeah, having them influence TikTok or anything like that, guys, you For those of you who don't know much about K-pop, okay, <laughs> I know a little bit about K-pop, and yes. CJM61, you can bet that, uh, Creepy Joe sniffed every single one of them before he handed them off. Just like, just like Zelensky guys, just like Zelensky, right? Sno- Putin sniffed his head too before, uh, Zelensky got passed around throughout all the members of Congress and the Senate, you know, because, uh, after all, we ain't paying that prostitute for nothing, right? <laughs> I still haven't gotten my in-store, in-studio, uh, lap dance yet, but, uh, Anyways, guys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what this is. That's what this was all about. They needed an excuse to pass these guys around Congress. Poor, 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 poor BTS. But, you know, they're used to it, guys. Hello. We're talking about Korean Illuminati um, gold here. BTS. Yeah, they're used to being uh, handed around like uh, a used napkin, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not. Am I joking? Am I joking? Do I have the receipts? Well, I'm not saying, but anyways, just to, cause I know a lot of my audience has no idea who these are and they're probably like, why the heck is this even a story? Uh, Korean K-pop, uh, or I should say Korean pop K-pop, right? This is like, this is like the Backstreet Boys or like, uh, what's another good oldie but goodie, right? Uh, uh this is like, um, Vanilla Ice, right? <laughs> I'm trying to draw this is like boys to men but in korea right it's like the the boys group of music anyways uh the youth fawn over them uh every closet homosexual dreams about them uh so this was biden's gift to the corrupt disgusting establishment on pride month day right to honor pride month okay so <laughs> Since no one else could see this obvious fact, I thought I would bring it. I would highlight it tonight as we got into today's uh, into today's C report because um, I would I would be remiss not to mention it. I mean, after all, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's it's far more easier for me to speak on these speculations than it is for anyone else in the game at the moment, um, because after all. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. All right. Enough about riffraff, ladies and gentlemen. I think I've spent far more than enough time talking about such trash as Jimmy Kimmel and the prostitutes of Washington D.C. and the creepy sniffing habituals of one illegitimate Joe. I think we can get into today's C report. Welcome, welcome, welcome again. We're live and uh, we are broadcasting at thefoxhole.appill.net, rumble.com, twitch.tv, and clouthub. So if you guys are watching this broadcast now and uh, you have accounts on any of the aforementioned platforms, please make sure that you like, subscribe, follow, and spread the word, ladies and gentlemen, about the C-Report. Hey, Empress Beach to you. Thank you so much for gifting the shades. I appreciate that. She says, cause you deserve more. I thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right, guys, let's just jump into it. Now we got a couple of uh, statements from uh, the president. President Donald J. Trump leads at the Sea Report, unless we're talking about you know, illegitimate Joe and uh, not appearing for 114 days and then all of a sudden appearing on Jimmy kamel as if though that were actual press. But it will pass for now, won't it? All right. So let's see what the president has to say today. We'll start with this statement here. Twitter is loaded up with bots and fake accounts. Why would anyone want to buy it, especially for $44 billion? What bank would be dumb enough to finance it? Elon better get back to watching his electric car business. Um, Lots of competition. Don't give the radical lefties who have done so much damage to our country a windfall profit. Let Twitter rot in hell. That's a pretty strong statement from President Trump. I would have to agree, you know, where a lot of people were saying things like, oh, Elon, he's going to liberate us from censorship. Oh, Elon, he's going to return the Trump MAGA base to the great days of Twitter. Oh, Elon, thank you for supporting a globalist, um, 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 fascist, uh, platform that has wronged us, Elon. Thank you for bringing back that which we love. So thank you. It was more like this. Thank you for bringing back that which elevated us to the heights of popularity and influencership, Elon. Thank you for returning our uh, our title to us, right, of uh, uh, 50,000, 200,000 followers, Elon, Elon, Elon. I was sitting here thinking like Elon, who's still a globalist, is simply trying to compete with truth, right? I mean that's like you want to talk about competition, you want to talk about direct opposition, you know. Elon was like, how are we going to how are we going to stifle truth? How are we going to stop truth from being big? I know, I will buy Twitter and I will stop the censorship so all of the dull-minded, brainwashed, fake idiot patriots will come back onto Twitter and never mind truth because no one Well, they saw it coming because Trump talked about it, but they didn't see it coming because it actually ended up being far more effective than they thought it would be, okay? That's right. I said idiot fake patriots, okay? Get over it, right? I mean, first of all, even though Elon is taking over it, Have we not been through everything about Elon? Yes, you know, I understand that even though I shared with you an article about Elon wanting to confiscate your guns, the week later, Elon goes live saying, oh, well, you know, uh, I believe that we need uh, people to have uh, the Second Amendment, right? So he flip-flopped on that rather quickly, you know, but he did say he would uh, rather we have uh, uh, tougher gun restrictions and other things. There's a whole bunch of things about Elon, guys. We're not going to get into it today. Obviously, I'm just sharing a point here, right? You know, if Twitter never censored anybody, I mean, not only would we not have a need for truth, but um, if truth chose to be a thing, no one would go to it because they'd be satisfied with all of their fake account followers and all of their fake, you know, um, all of their fake uh, accolades that they receive from the bots and uh, from all of the widgets and algorithms, etc. You know, uh, I mean... It, these are good statements here. You know, like why would anyone invest or finance Twitter with, with what has been proven with what is known? Why would anyone want anything to do with it? You know, I don't want anything to do with it to begin with, but you know, uh, they say you should get on social media, Mr. C. Uh, so this way you can uh, grow. Well, what am I going to grow with fake accounts? I mean, I guess so. I mean, it, it boosted a whole bunch of people, right. into believing that they were actually important, but you know, It does come in handy, right? Because if you have like less than a thousand or 2,000 followers, I mean, people won't even give you an interview for crying out loud. So maybe fake accounts did come in handy, right? You know, maybe I should buy some fake accounts so I can get some meaningful interviews. (laughs) Just kidding. I'm bitter. Anyways. So yeah, uh, I think that's about all we're going to do. I mean, that was my thoughts on it, guys. I was actually quite surprised that everyone on the right just about fell down. Their panties dropped for Elon just because he was going to end the censorship. I get it. You know, it's easy to um, not see past the fog of, uh, I don't know, whatever it was that was causing them to do that. But anyhow, yeah, for me, it was just direct competition and opposition to truth, right? That's the way I saw it. Um, But nevertheless, everything's getting exposed about Twitter. So again, thank you, Elon. I will drop my panties for you after the show. Okay, let's go on to our next statement. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? Huh, let's talk about Peter Navarro. Oh, wait, my buttons are stuck again. Hmm, hold on. Give it a second. Oh, well, you know, I'll just read it like as it is. Just a merriment. Where are you at? Where did you go? There you are. Okay, there we go. Much better. Uh, it says, uh, Wow. Peter Navarro, our brilliant Harvard-educated White House trade official, who is by far the toughest advocate for tariffs, taxes, and powerful regulations on China, was just handcuffed, shackled, and put into prison because he did not obey the orders of the Unselect Committee of Political Thugs, many of whom were involved with impeachment hoax number one, impeachment hoax number two, the Mueller report scam, and of course... The now fully debunked Russia, 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 con. They've gone crazy. I guess we'll see what happens in that regard, guys. Um Peter Navarro, uh, who agreed to assist, I believe, against this unselect committee. Yeah, that's clear political tribulation. Uh because how many other individuals have said no to the unselect committee. How many other individuals have defied the subpoenas of the unselect committee and yet they lock up Peter Navarro? Maybe they're hoping there will be some type of snowball effect here and that, uh, you know, the DOJ will start just indicting and prosecuting and arresting everyone that does um, the acts against the will of the unselect committee. Very interesting, guys. Very interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, CJM raises the point. What if Elon is supporting Trump? He is voting Republican this fall. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, That doesn't make a hill of beans of a difference to me, Mr. CJM61. And the reason why I say that is because um, Elon might be supporting Trump, but to whose benefit? Like who benefits the most from Elon Musk's voting Republican. Does Trump support the most or does the going bankrupt, uh, quickly dying GOP Republican establishment, uh, do they benefit the most from Elon voting Republican? Um, so CJM 61 in that regard, I don't care who he, who Elon is going to, um, vote for. I don't care if he votes for Trump, you know, um, he's never done it before in his life right? And uh, this this change of heart is a little bit too convenient. I I mean, it borders on coincidental, right? Coincidentally, Elon Musk uh, supported Trump when the GOP was dying because not one single Trump supporter was sending a red penny dime to this fake false establishment uh, party who's been in the mix of things from just about the jump And it's proven to be full of rhinos that are doing nothing from state house to Capitol Hill. They don't need our support. Oh, wait. Yeah, they do. If they want to continue being the uh, establishment party that deceives its constituents and its followers, that's exactly what I think about it. So I could give a damn about Elon Musk's point of view on politics and who he votes for. I don't care. Elon Musk... You know what? I'm not going to drop my panties for him later on. Thanks a lot. Okay. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Anyhow. But I mean, it's a fair question to ask CJM. It's a fair question to ask because all of the dull-minded awake, asleep patriots out there probably think the same thing. They're probably like, well, he's going to vote for Trump. So I'm going to be on his side. And you know what? Wake up awake, asleep patriots. Seriously. Like, stop being asleep awake, you know? You say you're awake. I need you guys to fully wake up, okay? And stop diddly-daddling, you know, on the fence or stop, you know, I don't know. You know, because, you know, the the way I'm talking right now sounds very, um, what's the word, divisive, right? Like, we're dividing in the party, right? And we already have enough of that problem. Yeah, I'm not, I am not by any means... Um, separating myself from like-minded individuals. I'm just saying, wake the hell up, okay? We are beyond the point where we should allow ourselves to get deceived so easily, right? Like if we focus on the prize, on the main goal, we won't get distracted by the likes of little Elons running around, you know? We won't get distracted by that thing. That is not what's important, okay? You know, I mean, it's like, if we're really gonna support Trump, Well, why the hell would we get on Twitter anyways? Why wouldn't we be on truth, right? I mean, if we're really looking at those who support Trump and the support of Trump and we're using that as a battle cry, why would we go with Twitter anyways? Even if it's Elon, even if he's voting Republican, even if he is a Trump supporter, why is he like uh, resuscitating a platform that is totally there to uh, um, deny, obfuscate and otherwise be in direct competition with truth social a Trump platform. Think about it. Logic. It doesn't take a whole bunch of loops and rounds in order to reach that conclusion. It's just simple logic, okay? The C report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the Sea report Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to 4.99 dollars per month, to 9 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for The Sea Report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash The Sea Report. And thanks, y'all. All right. I've spoken so long I need to reset my clock now. And uh, we got a few more statements from President Trump. And we can get into it. I know it sounds rather absolutist, some of the things that I'm saying, guys, but no, seriously, um, the time for giving into the deception of rhinos and people who just aren't there, you know, like, where's the rest of our discernment, right? I, I was asking the same question about all the people in Pennsylvania at President Trump's rally who were just beside themselves cheering and lauding Sean Hannity and Fox News, right? Like, I realized that we might be in more trouble than I thought we were. Like, I was like, patriots are awake. You know, make America again. Patriots are awake. All of Trump's base is awake and is aware (laughs) that Fox is a shill operative organization, you know, and that they can't be trusted. Oh boy, was I wrong. Okay, so I'm just... I'm just hoping at least 3%, and I'm pretty sure it's more than that, but at least 3% of the uh, um, patriots out there are truly awake, right? Like, we're getting, we're getting like right down to that wire, ladies and gentlemen, where uh, we need to make a decision. Are we going to go along with establishment Republicans just because they have the title Republican? Or are we going to hold them accountable regardless of what that looks like, you know, uh, I'm not saying form a whole brand new party, although it might come down to that if these rhinos aren't held accountable, which means that the constituents, the members of the Republican Party, the awake Americans, supposedly awake Americans are not holding them accountable. We're the only ones that can take care of rhinos guys. We are the only ones. There's no law in the book, you know there's no uh, there's no other branch of government. there's no other agency that can rid us of rhinos. It's not like uh, it's not like Trump can create a, a rhino investigate investigation team or like the rhino uh, investigation agency. He can't. We are the only ones that can do that. We and establishment Republican rhinos exist in the party today as they do, and they continue to exist into the future, that is on us, okay? Which means either we're gonna create a brand new party or we're going to totally rid the rhinos and put in real Republicans. It's the only way we could do it, guys. Like, we're at that level, okay, of situation as far as restoring our republic. Are we gonna deal with the fake rhinos Or are we going to allow them to continue? That's it. That's it. There's no more room for like, oh, give them a chance or, oh, they might change or turn over a new leaf. No, they need to turn over that leaf now and they need to be consistent moving forward. And not only do they need to be consistent moving forward in their actions, also in their speech. Like anytime they're talking, they need to be sounding like President Trump or something like that. I realize that sounds a little bit extreme, but I'm sorry, guys. That is what I'm not sorry. That is where we are. That is exactly where we are. And um, the course of the future depends on that. You know, you know, the Republican Party was so complicit with the fraud and the theft that happened in 2020. I'm not going to get any more uh, descriptive about it because I'm going to try and get this. On YouTube so this way I can get it on to my other platform but um, you guys know what I'm talking about but they were totally complicit they said nothing okay they said nothing they did nothing they said nothing they admitted nothing and they supported nothing they denied everything okay so that alone as a um, that alone as a measuring stick guys for who we can and cannot trust speaks volumes but what is even louder than all of the Republicans that did nothing are all of the uh, American people, Republicans, that have done nothing to hold them accountable, but continue to allow them to drag us along because what they say, you know, uh, sounds good. Never forget, you know, what what is that saying? Um, um, Words tell people what you want them to believe, but actions tell people who you are, right? So uh, actions, guys. Words ain't worth much. Next statement by President Trump. Let's see what this says. It goes this way. I had this stuff shut down, but here we go again. An otherwise great company, one which my company does a great deal of business with, John Deere, will be moving a large part of its tractor and cab assembly operations facility in wonderful Waterloo, Iowa, to Mexico by 2024 right before the presidential election. I would not have... Oh, he says presidential election, huh? Right before the presidential election? Not the midterm election? Was that a tip right there, guys? What do you think? (laughs) I would not have allowed this to happen without serious recrimination. USA must fight back. No more losing our jobs and businesses again to other countries. America first. America first. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know. I'm caught up on that presidential election 2024. Oh, wait, we're midterms right now. My bad. (laughs) Sorry, guys. I got ahead of myself. Quick strike that from the record, right? Yeah, right before the presidential election. That is correct. Uh, Anyways, I guess I got excited for nothing. But yeah, isn't that a shame, right? All of our businesses are finally materially... Um, moving back to other countries, right? Take note, sleeping Americans. Take note. Uh, next statement from President Trump. It was on this very important day, exactly four years ago, that I signed the incredible um, a VA Mission Act, which, our, which gave our wonderful veterans choice. After 44 years of failure, I got it done. Do you think that President Trump chose to sign that uh, VA Mission Act on this day for any particular reason? It seems that um, President Trump might have been honoring D Day as well. So that's a really, that's a smashing way to honor our veterans when he signed that act. And uh, very, very, very cool. Very cool, very cool indeed. Hey, Sub Pack Vet, how's it going? Thank you for gifting the cookie. No worries about your attendance, uh, attendance uh, uh, history. <laughs> Welcome to the show. It's good to see you. One two three SKG. Good for you. Uh, good to see you as well. Welcome on in. Welcome on in. And uh, well, we'll we'll go through the rest of those later on. I I tend to cause a firestorm with some of uh, my comments on the show. Uh, But just know that, guys, they're done with love and respect, right? Don't disrespect anybody. Except for Elon Musk. Just kidding. (coughs) Oh, wait. Speaking of rhinos, what's this one say? It says... uh, Did anyone notice that Fox News went lame bad when weak rhino Paul Ryan, who is despised in the great state of Wisconsin for being a pathetic loser, went on the Fox board? Whoa, Paul Ryan's on the Fox board. Do we need any other evidence that Fox is a totally controlled operation? Like they are there to uh, totally distract and or deceive and or lie to and or mislead. Conservative Americans, well, I don't think Pennsylvania is going to figure that out anytime soon based on their applaud of Fox News and Sean Hannity, but maybe the rest of us can take note. That's why our country is going to hell. Um, because elections have consequences. Get Ryan off your board and report the news as it should be reported. And stop taking negative ads from the perverts and others. Yeah. Maybe President Trump is finally starting to realize. Now, you know, I kind of think that uh, Trump does understand the rhino situation I mean, I think he was trying to resuscitate, revive, restore the Republican Party, you know, and when President Trump, or at least someone of his stature, although he has big shoes to fill, gets back into office, you know, it may well be worth restoring the Republican Party. However there would need to be some serious draining in the party, right? I mean, do you think that the Republican Party will be the last swamp to drain even now as they are draining the swamps of the world, right? That Nazi swamp is pretty deep, right? That uh, military swamp is pretty deep, right? They still got to drain those guys. Those ain't drained yet. When we think about all the rogue generals, the TV generals, and um, apparently how how big this Nazi swamp is. Like, guys, if I blink out or freeze, I'm pretty sure that my Wi-Fi or something is getting attacked right now because it is just beside itself with trying to figure out whether it's coming or going. Just a heads up, guys. Just a heads up. I'm seeing a lot of things on my end on my computer. <clears throat> And uh, if, I, if I freeze or if I blink out, I'll be back, right? Don't go away. I'll be here. It stopped now that I mentioned it. Like, I can see you guys. Anyways, stop your evil ways, gremlins of the internet. I'm watching you. Oh, there they go again. Anyways, okay. All right. So yeah, interesting comment that from President Trump. <clears throat> and uh, our final Trump statement for today So many people are leaving radical left fake account Twitter for truth. How cool is that? They badly want me back on Twitter. Zero interest. It won't happen. We only speak the truth. Oh, we only speak truth, right? We only speak truth. Uh, Thank you for the can. One, two, three, SKG. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. All right, guys. Well, there you go. That is, those are our Trump truths for today. Pretty good, huh? Pretty good, and uh, most definitely um, full of energy and meaning and thought. All right, here we go, guys. Are you ready to get into today's sea report? What do we got? This freaking uh, Darth Carry on the screen for right? Oh wait, that's uh, the wrong header there. Let me let me let me fix that. There we go. There we go. So this story actually broke uh, maybe about a week ago or sometime within last week. As all of you guys know, back when uh, President Trump was first in office, um, there were all of these uh, rumors and later some confirmations about Obama, like basically, or was this before he was elected, right? When he was doing, he was meeting the world leaders, Obama was like shadowing him to other countries talking with, uh, the world leaders or whatever that had previously, uh, been engaged by with president Trump, um, uh, undoubtedly to be like, Oh, don't worry what he said, guys, uh, he'll be out soon. And then it'll be all about me and it'll be all about my dreams. Right. And, 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 uh, cause Obama was like, every time, you know, um, um, Obama is talking an illegitimate Joe's like earpiece, he's like, I had a dream Joe that one day I would be dictator of the world. Right. And Obama's still old enough to be the dictator of the world, right? You know, um, he probably, he probably spent a lot of untracked time with like Klaus Schwab or George Soros or something like that. But, uh, anyways, so, uh, we had this article come out. Um, uh, some files had been released, some uh, documents that, um, I believe it was Mike Pompeo had something to do with that, uh. Shared with the world, with Americans, a whole unknown meeting between a former Obama administration, uh, John Kerry, um, and uh, an Iranian leader, uh, Zarif, I think is his name. Let's get into the article, guys. Very interesting. Uh, Disclosed how Obama administration officials conducted shadow diplomacy with Iran to undermine trump right i mean we already knew this was going on but this meeting in particular was unknown until last week let's see what the information has to say it says uh, senior obama administration officials engaged in a secret meeting with iran in 2018 as part of an effort to undermine the trump administration's diplomatic push to isolate the hardline regime according to an internal state department document As the Trump administration worked to increase economic pressure on Iran in 2018, a delegation of U.S. former ambassadors held a secret off-the-record meeting with former Iranian Foreign Minister Javad Zarif at his residence in New York City, according to a State Department memo, unearthed this week as part of a lawsuit brought to compel the release of this information. Okay, that's what it was. Okay, now they were shadowing obama just prior to his administration i think a little thereafter the big whoop here is this was two years into the trump administration they were still playing these shadow games, okay? Which, it's not like as if though this were a brand new president. It's not like as if though this were day one of his administration. It's not like as if though this were to deter the welcoming committee of an incoming uh, president-elect, right? This was already an administration full-on into halfway through its first term, and you still had them shadowing the president to undo his work, right? Now... That alone, of course, we can recognize as an immediate violation of the Logan Act, right? And you have unelected um, individuals who are not even part of the current administration going around and undoing the work of the current administration. You know, this actually just, it goes even more to the point that President Trump was not able to serve as the president at his fullest capacity in that office because aside from all of the political and media tribulation that he was being tossed into and every single uh, investigation and hearing and uh, trial that he um, went through, he also had former unelected officials behind him undoing his work. I mean, that is perfect, if not even more, argument for the fact that Trump should be awarded an additional four years, and his first four years should just be struck, right? As far as time and term limit goes, uh, because he, he was obviously not able to do his job to the fullest extent of his ability, and that's not to say the work that he did do was not Impressive. It indeed was impressive that uh, President Trump was able to fulfill most of his campaign promises in spite of all of the opposition that he faced from every single agency that um, attempted to thwart him. It's actually quite amazing that he was able to do what he did. And it makes one wonder exactly how much more he could have completed had he not been faced. With all of this, uh, all of this um, distraction, derision, opposition, and otherwise ill-begotten means against him, very, 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 very interesting thought there. But to know that Kerry was doing this in 2018 is is quite appalling. Quite appalling. Uh, The meeting took place as we found. Oh, the meeting took place around the same time that John Kerry was reported to be working behind the scenes with Iranian officials to salvage the 2015 nuclear accord. The internal memo, which is marked classified details how these former U.S. ambassadors conducted shadow diplomacy with Iran's top envoy surrounding nuclear weapons, potential prisoner swaps, the Afghanistan withdrawal, and negotiations with the Taliban, according to the American Center for Law and Justice, a legal advocacy group that sued the State Department to obtain the internal memo. The document is the firmest proof to date that Obama-era officials were engaged in back-channel efforts to keep negotiations with Iran alive, even as President Donald Trump and his administration worked to isolate the regime. Former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo told The Free Beacon in an exclusive remarks... Pompeo, who was not aware of these meetings while leading the State Department, said the memo corroborates reports from the time about Kerry's efforts to salvage the 2015 nuclear deal through back channel powwows with Iranian officials. I mean, uh, wasn't, uh, wasn't McCain? Didn't something happen to McCain for doing pretty much almost the exact same thing? Uh, This memo reflects even more than we already knew about former State Department officials continuing on as if they were still in office, said Pompeo, who is now Senior Counsel for Global Affairs at the ACLJ trying at every turn to work with foreign minister for terrorist regime Iran to become un- uh, to undermine the very sanctions put in place by America it's worse than that than not knowing when to get off stage actively seeking to protect the terrible deal they struck these former officials 2 years after Obama left office were signaling that Iran should stand firm against America Well, that just sounds like about the equivalent to American officials telling a terrorist nation to stand against their own country, which uh, that to me amounts to more than just violating the Logan Act. It sounds downright treasonous. Mm. Pompeo said it was startling to learn that members of a former U.S. administration attempted to handicap a sitting president's policies describing the disclosures as bad stuff, dangerous stuff, un-American stuff. These former officials, he said, should be ashamed of themselves working against their own nation's policies alongside such a brutal regime. Pompeo, I think you're going a little soft there. Uh, that That should have read the former officials, he said, should be drawn and quartered. <laughs> No, we don't want to get into those violence speeches here, do we, at the Sea Report? No, they should be tried for treason. They should be tried for violating the Logan Act. That's what these former officials should be, Mr. Pompeo. That's my humble opinion. The seven-page memo was assembled during the meeting with Zarif, which came just days after reports emerged that Kerry was seeking to salvage the Iran nuclear agreement after Trump nixed it earlier that year. The document was produced after the ACLJ sued the State Department for re- records about any secret meetings between Zarif Kerry, current U.S. Iranian envoy Robert Malley, and former Obama Secretary of Energy Ernest uh, Monitz. During the meeting, Zarif claimed that Trump's policies have fomented anti U.S. fervor in Iran and pointed to the popularity of Islamic Revolutionary Guards corps. Um, leader uh, Qasem Soleimani uh, who was assassinated by Trump two years later in a drone strike. I was as popular as Soleimani but now I am at 47% and his is up, Zarif said according to the memo. He is closer to 80%. People of Iran once preferred engagement now opted for resistance as the only reality. That is what the polls are telling us now and it is the reality of the reason. Uh, sorry, of the region. Zarif also said his government would never give up its missiles program or enriching uh, or stop enriching uranium, the key component in a nuclear weapon and one of the conditions Trump placed on a potential new deal with Iran that never materialized. The U.S. says no peace deal and the U.S. will reimpose sanctions, but the condition is zero missiles, zero nuclear enrichment. This... What John Bolton wants, Zarif said, referring to Trump's national security advisor. I know Bolton and negotiated uh, with him years ago. His views are so radical that we could not reach an agreement. Absolute impossibility to reach an agreement with John Bolton unless you ask him to sit down and read at dictation speed what he wants, and then you sign it. He is incapable of compromise. Zarif also discussed his views on Iraq, Um, potential prisoner swaps with the United States and Iranian support for terror groups like Hezbollah and the Houthi rebels in Yemen. As part of the ACLJ's effort to force the release of further information on these back channel talks with Iran, it received a series of internal State Department emails showing that after Kerry left office, he used State Department staffers to send correspondence to Zarif. Ben Sisney, ACLJ's senior litigation counsel, said the organization's legal efforts proved that there were even more secret meetings happening behind the Trump administration's back than had previously been reported. But Sisney said it also raised further questions such as, how did this memo of former U.S. officials meeting with Zarif get into the State Department's hands? Was someone at the State Department there? Did the State Department send an informal liaison? Good questions to ask, ladies and gentlemen, about those who uh, who put personal politics or obeisance to, I don't know, maybe globalist masters before that of their nation. Very, very troubling, but very good to know. Uh, this here for your uh, viewing, enjoyment, and perusal. Is the actual um, release, the now unclassified document that shows, uh, well, it's titled Notes from Iran and the United States, an off-the-record conversation with Foreign Minister Jafeed Javad Zarif. October 4th, 2018. Uh, I mean, I read through it seven pages long. We won't go through it. There are some things I highlighted, though, I thought that were interesting just for perspective, you know, on things uh, like this Afghanistan note when they were talking about Afghanistan. uh, Zarif had said, now there is collective interest to bring the Taliban and Afghan government to the negotiating table. Keeping in mind, of course, this is before the United States fled Afghanistan and uh, left um, money and uh, weapons and uh, military bases to the Taliban. It says, in the past, the U.S. and Pakistan may have differed. I had misgivings about the utility of negotiating with the Taliban in the past. The Pakistan government is also now talking about interest in negotiations. And the ISIS is something else than in the past and supporting these talks. Now Pakistan is interested Iran wants to secure the eastern provinces with the Taliban's help. Now there is a convergence of interests between us all in settling the Afghanistan conflict. But there is a new serious challenge with the introduction of ISIS into Afghanistan. Hmm. Interesting, huh? Yeah. Uh, president Ghani decided to bring Hek Matyar onto the center stage. And for those who know him, this is a dangerous game. Hek Matyar said he is against reconciliation in Afghanistan. But yet, the Western-backed president of Afghanistan at the time, Afghani—I mean Ghani, who again fled the country on his plane with millions of dollars, Wanted an anti-reconciliation Afghanistan individual, Hek Marti, to be there with him and with his support. Hek Matiar is actively supported by the Saudis and the UAE, the United Arab Emirates. You, the United States, should take off the anti-Iran glasses and look at what is happening in the region. In other words, saying, why don't you pay attention to your homeboys in Saudi Arabia? If you want this Afghanistan uh, um, um, deal or uh, thing to go through, interesting, right? This one's talking about the region in general, Saudi Arabia, the United States, Lebanon. The region is in turmoil. The Houthis ignored our advice not to enter Sana and Aden. Um, uh, but in, in March and in April 2015, they talked with them about a ceasefire, the Houthis. So yes, I guess Iran was backing the Houthis. But the reason that Iran is more successful in the region than the United States and Saudi Arabia is that we don't impose our will on anyone. In Iraq, we try to build consensus. The reason we are successful in Lebanon is the same. We don't arrest the prime minister and we help Lebanon avoid civil war. Saudi Arabia interferes and meddles. Hezbollah is restrained and an important power in Lebanon. Our influence is useful. The Houthis want to end this war. The Saudis are still under the impression that the war in Yemen can be won militarily and so want to bring the United States into the war, and the war there and then go against Iran. Isn't that interesting, right? During a meeting of the ISSG chaired by John Kerry, Zarif pleaded to include one sentence that Syria does not have a military solution. That statement was never included because the Saudis prevented it. Their message is that with the help of G.O.D. or G.D., we will remove Bashar Assad either politically or militarily. When the Saudis say this, they mean that God means the United States. They hope to drag the United States into Syria and Yemen and why they continue refusing to give ground. I thought that statement was rather interesting. Uh, this section is about Syria. Um, it says uh, the DMZ there is, obvi- is mostly Nazra, and I don't know how we get rid of them. The Turks have some limited influence over Nazra, Qatar too. If we can resolve this challenge, which is next to impossible to resolve, when we had the agreement for Eastern Gouta, and the terrorists were relocated. I spoke with Bashar about this, and he said, once we start military operations, we'll give people amnesty. So, like what is happening in Iraq, people go back to their villages. But this is why the PMF cannot be abolished since ISIS is very much active in Iraq. Only its leadership has been relocated. The fighters are still in Iraq. The same thing can happen in Syria, so the fighters can go home and Bashar can live with that. But we have 20,000 hardcore Nusra still in Syria, of whom about 5,000 are foreign fighters. Even if Bashar can deal with Nusra, what do we do about the foreign fighters? It's everyone's problem. There are thousands of Europeans, thousands from Central Asia thousands from Southeast Asia, and many hundreds from China. This is a problem we need to address, and I don't have an answer. And they're having this conversation with John Kerry, who is no longer part of the administration. He's no longer an official of any type. But uh, I don't know. That's just a lot of, like, juicy, juicy tea there that's coming out in this, uh, you know, um, information that's coming out in this memo. Um, and also to my point, kind of illustrates the international, like geopolitical kind of like quagmire that we're in. Cause you know, like when we're talking about Ukraine and stuff, we're talking about all these international forces fighting for Ukraine against Russia, again, supporting the Nazis in Ukraine. And, and it just illustrates how real this is. I mean, we hear about it. Yeah. You know, obviously we don't see it like, you know, on TV or in documentaries as much, but uh, when you're you're reading through the, the notes and memos of like heads of state and heads and officials, like it's it's an interesting perspective, I think, because this is also something that's not reported by the legacy media, the legacy press, the mainstream media. They don't talk about any of this stuff, so that's why it intrigues me so much to share it with you guys. Anyway, so that's the memo that um, reveals in 2018. Uh, Two years past um, the end of the Obama administration, you still had Obama officials violating the Logan Act uh, and very well uh, submitting themselves to uh, treason, at least in my opinion, right? At least in my opinion, there's something whistling. I don't know what it is. Disco ball chaser. Anyhow, uh, let's go on to our next story. I think is also rather interesting to share on this Monday edition of the C-Report. Uh, Many of you all recognize that face as the face as of ex-CIA director uh, Gina Haspel. Oh, all of the the Gina Haspel stories that we could share with you guys tonight and talk about. We could regale each other around the campfire about the time that Gina Haspel was killed in Germany, right? Or wrong, I don't know. Like, uh, all of that's a little bit more of a mess, I'm still wading my way through before I get into it, guys, when we're talking about Gina Haspel and Germany and where that story originated, which originated from a former um, general, if I'm not mistaken, a former leader in the military. That's trusted. But then this general is seen, um, you know, palling around with the likes of um, General Valali I don't know. Maybe we've been had, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, Gina Haspel. uh, Just a real brief story. A new report shows that uh, not only did Gina Haspel direct the uh, CIA to torture, yeah, torture, you know, prisoners. uh, She actually watched it with her own eyes, right? Ooh. How sick. Yes, Tam Grell. Continuing the myth that Haspel was shot in Germany. Again, those reports are not confirmed. (laughs) There is no official documentation to support that she was shot. (laughs) Anyhow, let's get on with this story, guys. Okay. Because wasn't she seen a lot? She was seen alive after that. Anyways, she was on TV somewhere. I'm sure she was a clone or she was a body double or she was uh, an alien shapeshifter. Either way, guys, stop reading real raw news. Okay. Anyways, um, ex-CIA director watched torture of prisoners. New York Times reports, former CIA director Gina Haspel watched as a prisoner was tortured by interrogators at a Thai black site. That she ran for the agency in 2002, the New York Times reported. As chief of the CIA base in Thailand, in late 2002, Haspel personally observed interrogation sessions in which the USS Cole bombing suspect Abd al-Rahim al-Nashiri was waterboarded, the newspaper outlined, citing testimony from a psychologist who took part in the torture. The doctor, James Mitchell, um, admitted in a Guantanamo Bay court hearing that he held a cloth over al-Nashiri's face to direct the flow of water as another interrogator poured the water. Al-Nashiri was strapped to a gurney during the torture sessions, and he was pivoted from lying on his back to an upright position to catch his breath between waterboarding pores. Mitchell reportedly testified. The prisoner was described as being nude and sometimes hooded. Interrogators used other coercive techniques, such as confining him in a small box, slapping him, or slamming his head into a burlap-covered wall. The psychologist reportedly said. Haspel's knowledge of the controversial interrogation techniques was previously disclosed. In fact, she wrote memos to Washington about what was done to Al-Nashiri and was what was learned from the interrogations. However, Mitchell's testimony offered a more detailed peek at her work in Thailand. Al-Nasheri was accused of orchestrating the bombing of the U.S. Navy destroyer USS Cole, which killed 17 American sailors in 2000. According to the Times, a military judge in the criminal case against Al-Nasheri allowed Mitchell's testimony only because the CIA destroyed videotapes that defense lawyers claimed would show interrogators torturing the alleged terrorists and another prisoner at the black site. Haspel previously acknowledged her role in destroying 92 interrogation tapes, most of which showed Abu Abu Zubaydah, the first terrorism suspect known to have been targeted in the CIA's post-9-11 torture program. At the time, she was chief of staff to CIA Operations Chief Jose Rodriguez Jr. She later went on to serve as CIA director under then-President Donald Trump from 2018 to 2021 January. During the 2018 Senate hearings for her confirmation as CIA director, Haspel said of the destroyed video footage, I would also make clear that I did not appear on the tapes asked by Senator Dianne Feinstein whether she had overseen interrogations of Al Nashiri. She declined to answer, saying such information was classified. An internal review by the CIA found no fault with Haspel's role in ordering the destruction of the tapes. The more we review the the classified facts, the more disturbed we are, both by the actions she has taken during her career and by the CIA's failure to allow the public opportunity to consider them a group of senators opposing haspel's nomination as cia director wrote that in 2018 she got the job anyway making her the first woman to head the agency a senate probe of the torture program found that interrogators wanted to stop using such techniques on al nashiri because he was answering direct questions but they were ordered by higher ups to continue Al Nashiri was also reportedly tortured later at another CIA black site. In one case, an interrogator revved a power drill next to the naked prisoner's hooded head. In 2004, the CIA forced a dietary supplement into his rectum when he refused to eat, according to the report. The CIA black sites were set up as part of America's War on Terror, essentially as secret prisons to detain enemy combatants. The European Court of Human Rights ruled in 2014 that Poland violated the European Convention on Human Rights as the CIA had tortured Zubaydah and al Nashiri in a secret facility in that country. In 2018, the European Court of Human Rights found that by allowing torture in their countries, Romania and Lithuania also violated the rights of Zubaydah and al Nashiri. Interesting story, that, huh? Interesting story, that. But yes, Gina Haspel, ladies and gentlemen. Gina frickin' Haspel. Oh, there's one way to bring the dead back to life, right? It's like, uh, let dead people rest. Oh, wait, I don't think she's dead. Anyhow, next story. We got a mixed bag tonight, guys. A mixed bag of stories to talk about. Uh, some of you guys might have heard about Mark Middleton and his untimely death, right? Uh, Mark Middleton being a former Clinton special advisor. I believe uh, there was a new headline, a fresh body on the pile of bodies for the Clinton kill list, right? Uh, a new individual Clinton cited. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Middleton had a, had a thing or two to do with the involvement of um, um, uh, pedophile extraordinaire and man of the world, Jeffrey, Pedi- uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Pedophile, Jeffrey Epstein, and uh, the Clinton White House, right? Uh, and then they found him dead, okay? Uh, in a brand new uh, turn of events, uh, it appears that his death, which was ruled a suicide, uh, has turned into an open investigation, which is good news, Right? Uh, let's review a little bit about Middleton, Bill Clinton's special advisor, who left Jeffrey Epstein in, who let Jeffrey Epstein into the White House seven times, and also flew on the Lulita Express. Dies at 59, the latest associate of the former president to suffer an early demise. It says, one of Bill Clinton's former special advisors who helped cement his friendship with Jeffrey Epstein has died at the age of 59, becoming the latest associate of the former president to die young. Mark Middleton's family said that he passed away on Saturday in a statement which did not reveal the cause of death. Uh, We now know he was found hung or hanged with a uh, gunshot wound to the chest. Right. And it was ruled a suicide. Mm hmm. Uh, The family said he passed away, right, did not want to make a statement. I wonder why. The father of two lived in Little Rock, Arkansas, and local law enforcement uh, and the county coroner told the DailyMail.com that they were not investigating the death and did not respond to it. The Middleton family did not reply to requests for comment. Middleton had for decades run an air conditioning business in Little Rock, but in the 1990s, he was a special advisor to Clinton and a finance director of his presidential campaign. During that time, uh, Middleton admitted Epstein to the Clinton White House on seven of the at least 17 uh, times the late pedophile visited Middleton also flew on Epstein's plane and appears to have acted as a conduit between the two men. There's a a photograph of Middleton and a photograph of uh, William J. Clinton shaking hands with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. And uh, there in the background is a very coy looking uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh, Dailymail.com has previously reported on how Epstein's access to the Clinton White House gave him entry to a world of influence he would cultivate for the rest of his life and use to impress and threaten underage girls he abused. Middleton's death was announced in a Facebook post, now deleted, for the family's air conditioning company, Middleton Heat and Air. May as well call it Middleton Hot Air, Right. According to a report in Arkansas Business, the company was one of the largest HVAC providers in the state. The Post said, the Middleton family is saddened to share that Mark Middleton passed away this weekend. The Middleton family has lost an inspiring and dedicated leader, as well as a son, brother, husband, and father. Mark leaves behind a company that he helped build from the ground up alongside his family and was proud to run for 25 years. No words can express our sadness over this loss or our gratitude for your support and prayers during this time. Middleton was also managing partner of the investment for firm Midcore Capital, an investment company, and worked for a handful of nonprofit foundations. The only potential hint at a possible cause was a request in Middleton's obituary that instead of flowers, well wishers donate to a service that specializes in counseling and therapy linked to the New Life Church, which is based in Arkansas. A spokesperson for the Little Rock Police Department said they had not investigated the death. The Pulaski County Sheriff's Office said that they had not responded to Middleton's death and neither had the county coroner, according to an employee in the office reached by Daily Mail. In addition to being a special assistant to the president, Middleton was also assistant to the chief of staff, Thomas Mac Malarkey. No, just kidding. Thomas Mac McLarty. And uh, there's a picture of... Is that a picture of Middleton's wife? Or is that a picture that should be submitted to the trans investigation? Of all of these individuals having uh, an opposite sex uh, person for a spouse. In fact, is Middleton even a man? Oh my goodness. Okay. My eyes just see too much these days, ladies and gentlemen. I just... They look like... (laughs) They look like... uh, They look like... uh, What do you call it? Um, I just... (sighs) Have we been fooled this whole time, guys? Anyways, okay, getting back to the article. Middleton left the White House in February 1995 and was accused of setting himself up as an international dealmaker, exactly the kind of person that would appeal to Epstein. In 1996, an investigation by the White House found that Middleton had abused his access to impress business clients and he was barred from the executive mansion without senior approval. Middleton denied these claims. A source has told DailyMail.com that some of Middleton's meetings with Epstein happened in room 176, which was in the old executive office building, not the White House. The source said that Middleton asked for a meeting room next to the White House mess, which was in the West Wing, so he could impress his guests from his proximity to the Oval Office. The source said, Mark was trying to make himself look bigger than he was. He was trying to make himself out like he had more power than he really did in the White House. Mark knew that Epstein was managing the money of Les Wexner, referring to the billionaire founder of L Brands and Victoria's Secret. The source went on, the year, of, the year 1994, there were midterm elections. Clinton needed money and Mark thought he could get some from Wexner's money. Mark wanted to set himself up as the guy who would bring in those kinds of big donors. And uh, let's see here. Following a May 1994 visit by Epstein to the White House, Epstein flew from Washington to Palm Beach, Florida with Middleton on board. The following day, the pair flew from Palm Beach, Florida to Grand Bahama International Airport in the Bahamas, mamas. They returned the same day to Palm Beach. Several of Clinton's former associates have died over the years in unexpected circumstances, sparking the conspiracy theory known as the Clinton body count, which I termed Clinton side. They included Deputy White House Counsel Vince Foster, whose 1993 death was ruled as a suicide, but sparked a few, a slew of conspiracy theories about the involvement of the Clintons. After Epstein hanged himself, supposedly, while awaiting trial in 2019, Donald Trump retweeted conspiracy theories that Clinton was involved. And here are a few more people that have been uh, killed at the hands of the Clinton side. Others whose deaths have been linked to the Clintons without foundation um, have been Seth Rich, uh, the Democrat National Committee staffer who was murdered in 2016 for having, uh, you know, held on to that thumb drive with the uh, DNC secrets on it and probably a whole bunch of other things. And Christopher Sein, the reporter who broke the news of a meeting on the tarmac of Phoenix Airport between Clinton and then Attorney General Loretta Lynch. Sein was found dead at his home in 2001. The Wiki- Wikipedia page for Clinton body count also includes C. Victor Razor, Bill Clinton's national finance co-chairman who died alongside his son in a 1992 plane crash, Mary Mohane, a White House intern who was gunned down in Starbucks in 1997, and Jim McDougal, a financial partner of the Clintons who died of a heart attack while in prison in 1998. It also lists Edward Wiley, or Willie, whose wife Kathleen alleged that Clinton sexually assaulted her, His death was also ruled a suicide, and Clinton's head of security, Jerry Parks, who was gunned down as he left a Mexican restaurant in 1993. Someone must have had a Mexican vendetta against him, right? So there's that, and the reason why I read that backstory for you guys, share it with you all, because like I said, his uh, death has now been reopened for investigation, okay? So this is the recent investigation into death of Clinton advisor linked to Epstein is reopened. It's now an open case. Mm -hmm. You can imagine the tons and tons of speculation that is going to come out of this, right? We'll try not to speculate. The bizarre suicide death of Bill Clinton's former advisor linked to billionaire Perv. Jeffrey Epstein is now an open investigation. The stunning turn of events comes after a series of explosive stories questioning the suicide death of Clinton moneyman Mark Middleton was found May 7th hanging from a tree with a, gunshot, a shotgun blast through his chest and an extension cord around his neck. I mean, was someone trying to send out some kind of a signal or was this just way overkill, no pun intended? hanged from a tree with a gunshot blast through the chest with an extension cord, ruled a suicide. How do you think he died first? I mean, maybe he was like, damn, this extension cord just doesn't work. Let me go to that convenient noose on that tree. Damn, I'm taking too long to die by choking. Maybe I'll just do this gunshot gunshot blast through my chest. Gunshot blast through my chest. Talk about overkill. Talk about wanting to make sure this man is dead, right? Anyways, it was learned about the, uh, the surprise twist after RadarOnline.com filed a freedom of information request with the Perry County Sheriff's Department demanding copies of the police report and crime scene photos of, grisly death, of the Grizzly death in a 1100 acre farm linked to the former president just outside Perryville, Arkansas. Oh, that's pretty interesting too. So uh, the sheriff's department previously said that they were not involved, but then again, I think that was like the Potask County uh, Sheriff's department. So this is Perry Sheriff's department and he's found dead on an 1100 acre farm that is linked to Bill Clinton. Interesting. In an email reply, Sheriff Scott Montgomery tells Radar he cannot release the police report because the once open and shut case is in an active investigation. At this time, this is an open investigation and we are not releasing any information, Montgomery said in a June 2nd email without elaborating. Um, email, radaronline.com also learned the Perry County coroner is also refusing to release any details about Middleton's death because of the alleged open investigation. Right now, it's considered an open investigation and nothing is being released at this time. So saith the coroner. When pressed about the term open investigation, um, the worker said, That means that, what, 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 what? It's under investigation. It's a legal matter, which I guess might be supposed as a criminal matter. Also, I don't know. Montgomery refused to answer any follow-up questions, and so did the county coroner, Bill Green, who was unavailable for comment. Uh, RaiderOnline.com was unable to determine if the cover-up is based on the lawsuit filed by Middleton's family against the sheriff and coroner, Asking um, a judge to prohibit the investigators from releasing the reports and crime scene photos of the suicide. The lawsuit was filed May 23rd in Perry County Circuit Court by Middleton's wife or husband, Ray, uh, Raya, or Ray. And uh, brother, Larry, charging the family's privacy will be violated by the release of the case files. Since Mr. Middleton's death, Mr. Middleton's family, including the Middletons, have, have been harassed by outlandish, hurtful, and supported, and offensive online articles regarding the gender of Mrs. Middleton, his death, and his family, states the lawsuit. Radar's uh, investigation was sparked by one of Middleton's terrified business associates, who anonymously came forward last month to demand an independent investigation claiming the 59-year-old father of two was extremely close to Bill Clinton and incapable of committing an elaborate suicide of overkill. The hell-bent businessmen even created makeshift gallows by lugging a table and trespassing onto a farm owned by Heifer International whose headquarters is on the same parcel of land partially owned by Clinton Presidential Center in Little Rock. Middleton joins a growing pile of corpses associated with Epstein, who in August 2019 suspiciously found hanged in his New York jail cell, where he was awaiting a sex trafficking trial for allegedly providing a bevy of young girls to powerful politicians and businessmen. Not that any of those buyers or Johns will ever be brought to justice because uh, even though it was the biggest sex uh, trafficking story in the history of the world, it seems like they were all phantom clients, right? And uh, these clients should not be held accountable. A sad, sad day, America. A sad, sad day. All right. Well, we'll see where that goes. Maybe it has to do something with timing. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that they uh, don't want uh, people um, getting involved in their family affairs, right? Well, I personally think that maybe the family was paid off, right? Okay, guys, on to our next set of stories. This is actually a pretty good set of stories here. It's It's a whole bunch of stories that goes back to... Gun control, guys, be aware. Gun control lieth ahead. Uh, oh, you know, it's just so funny that we were talking about the Republican establishment, you know, the rhinos, you know, that which we should no longer put up with, those which we should hold accountable, those who tell us that they're our friends, but um, have proven nothing to the point, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, The current Rhino is exactly like uh, the alien invaders from Mars Attacks, and they're holding up their little speaker saying, stop running, we are your friends. Except in this case, all of the asleep patriots, all of the asleep awake Americans, all of the people who are like, yeah, we're against, uh, you know, uh, uh, communism, and we're against the new world order, but we still love our good old establishment GOP. If, If this is... Making you feel any certain way, maybe you should examine exactly how you feel about freedom, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness underneath a constitutional republic that is framed under a document called the Constitution of these United States and is amended by 10 bills that guarantee our rights and limit our government. Anyone's getting hot under the collar about my GOP establishment speak? I would question their loyalties to the Constitution. Anyhow, so yeah, go uh, getting deeper, guys, getting deeper. So gun control ahead, guys. Yes, that's right. The good old rhino. Do I need to do Let's do it, guys. I'm going to do it for you guys. Here we go. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At TheSeaReport.com, you can get more information on The Sea Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to TheSeaReport.com, that's www.TheSeaReport.com, and be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pill.net. It was the perfect time to reset my clock, ladies and gentlemen. The perfect time. Uh, yes, rhinos, ladies and gentlemen, rhinos. they want your guns. The GOP, the GOP is now talking more actively about gun control measures, certain uh, flag that are red that they want laws on or laws that deal with red flags, ladies and gentlemen. Um, They give us so many reasons to take note. And are we taking notes is my question, right? Are we acting on those notes would be my follow-up. When I said that the closer we get to restoring our republic, the more the rhinos will come out to play, the more that we will realize that, yeah, 90 to 95%, or more of our conservative so-called representatives from state house to Capitol Hill are all rhinos that they are all only concerned with their own selves. And they're only working on behalf of the money that they receive, uh, the puppet masters that put them in place or just bringing down this country like totally totally probably north of 95%. I'm being conservative by saying 90%, okay? If I were being liberal, I would say 5,000% of them. But um, that's just, not only is that too liberal, it's unrealistic, just like most left-leaning liberals. Uh, but yeah, so the GOP establishment rhinos are showing their horns, right? They're showing their true colors. They're showing what they are in name only, Republicans, right? Which is why I, I always get into this entire... Fit of at least recently, you know, is it is it gonna be about reforming the Republican Party, which can only be done by holding these rhinos accountable and getting them out so that the public the the party will once again be restored to what it was intended to be, a party of law, you know, a party of the people, or are we gonna have to make an entirely different uh, party? I mean, if we're going to take down the rhinos, the Republican party, and totally abolish that because it's infested with, you know, fake representatives, treasonous Americans. I mean, we might as well just get rid of the Democrat party as well, because they're just as bad, but not as worse because uh, these guys lied and tricked and deceived and they lied. Okay. At least the Democrats tell you who they are. They let you know they're coming for you not these guys. They are not an endangered species. In fact, the rhino is rather, uh, it's, it's, it's doing rather well these days, ladies and gentlemen. It's doing rather well. We'll have a story to illustrate that point as well, right? Not just the rhinos, not just the politicians, not just those supposedly elected to supposedly represent the will of the people, but even more so. Now, speaking specifically about the uh, GOP rhinos, this one is rather obvious, right? Pennsylvania Senator Ptumi, mm-hmm. rather obvious in that regard, right? Um, he was recently on, he had an interview. I think it might've been with Breitbart. Anyhow, um, no, no, no. It was it was on some uh, establishment TV program on the legacy media. It was probably MSDNC, right? It was probably MSDNC. If they're appearing on MSDNC, right, if they're supporting that network where obviously no one wants to see conservatives, uh, one should take notes. Anyways, we already have all the notes on to me. anyways. Um, but uh, he told, he was being pressed by the host about Democrat, uh, you know, gun laws and reform laws and gun control laws and, you know, how the uh, Republican Party is stacking up with that. And... Uh, Toomey said that he's expecting like half of the Senate to go along with Democrat gun laws. Half, half of the Senate, ladies and gentlemen, he has confidence and faith that half of the current conservative Republican Senate will go along with the Democrats' latest gun control measures. Half of the Senate he has confidence in. What does that tell you? Now playing that little jig, and for those of you on the podcast who cannot see, and those of you who are new to this broadcast, we play that little jig, that little song, anytime we are um, doing a rhino alert, right? That's a rhino alert. There is a rhino in our midst. And this whole segment right now is about just that the rhinos in the midst, not in the mist. They're not hanging out with the gorillas in the mist. It's the rhinos in our midst, right? They are a very, very, um, um, plentiful populace, um entity that exists here in America, right? Fake conservatives. Fake conservatives, just like fake patriots, right? So uh, yes, tw- half of the Senate, guys, half of the Senate, okay? Not just the 8, 10, or 12 that obviously are Judas goats, but double that, right? That's a shocking number indeed, right? Tony, or to me my hope is we'll get half of Senate Republicans to vote for the gun deal. This was on legacy media outlet CBS's face the Nation or deface the nation as President Trump likes to call it being pressed by uh, Margaret Brennan to uh, to uh, give them some kind of a clue will Republicans support Democrats children are dying. Our streets bleed red, so the country must turn blue. Okay, if you ever hear that, yeah, that was the C-Report. Uh, so that's one of them. This is another one here, guys. Uh, this guy is otherwise known as uh, Christopher Jacobs or Chris Jacobs. Um, this man betrays his constituents, right? He's a, a representative, a Republican representative of New York. Bet- betrays his constituents, but also betrays the National Rifle Association who endorsed him. Isn't that crazy? I told you these rhinos are gonna show their face. And so you recall that there was this time period and it's still kind of happening even now, but there was this time period where it was like, oh, there's another Democrat that's gonna retire. Oh, there's another Democrat that's not running for reelection. Oh, there's another Democrat that got locked up for uh, diddling the kiddies, right? I mean, we're talking like dozens of Democrats who are like, we're not going to we're not going to rebid ourselves for election next year. Uh, you know, they see the writing on the wall. They smell the coffee baking in the morning. I'm sorry. the ba- <laughs> They smell the coffee brewing in the morning. I was thinking about bacon. There's, They smell the coffee brewing in the morning right before they wake up and they know the time has come. They're not going to win their re-election bid. They might as well just give up. Well, I, I have a feeling that we're going to start seeing a whole bunch of Republicans that are going to be doing that. To me and also uh, this guy here um, uh, <clears throat> are among the first, ladies and gentlemen. They're among the first. Chris Jacobs resigning. He's not going to be running for re-election, but uh, he most definitely is going to be supporting Democrat gun control. Let's take a look. Article says here, former NRA-endorsed GOP House member Supports Democrat gun control. Uh, Representative Chris Jacobs, endorsed by the NRA in 2020, now supports banning assault weapons and barring 18 to 20 year olds from buying certain types of firearms. The Buffalo News reports that Jacobs said if an assault weapons ban bill came to the floor that would ban something like an AR-15, he would support the vote for it. He reiterated, so I want to be clear, I would vote for it. On June 2nd, 2020, after being endorsed by the NRA, Jacobs said, whether it is fighting for the privacy of pistol permit holders, battling Governor Cuomo over the Unconstitutional Safe Act, or voting against red flag laws, I have always stood with law-abiding gun owners. I promise to uphold this commitment to protecting our rights and Western New York gun owners can rest assured they have an ally and a fighter for them in Congress with me. NBC News notes that Jacobs also spoke to barring 18 to 20 year olds from gun purchases. Jacobs gun control support aligns him with representative Adam Kinsinger. crying Adam Kinsinger who came out on Sunday in favor of banning assault weapons. CNN quotes Kinsinger saying, look, I have opposed a ban, you know, fairly recently. I think I'm open to a ban now. It's going to depend on what it looks like because there's a lot of nuances on what constitutes, you know, certain things. Breitbart News reported that Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has asked Senator John Cornyn to work with Democrats to achieve bipartisan gun control. So um, that's an interesting you know, thought there. Now, obviously, they're going to show us who's who here, right? They're going to show us who they are with these red flag laws. Now, uh, the thing I find interesting is that last line in the paragraph there about Mitch McConnell. Telling John Cornyn to work with Democrats to achieve bipartisan gun control. Now, the reason why I say that's interesting is because I'm like, is John Cornyn? I mean, sorry, is Mitch McConnell? Is Mitch McConnell trying to um, use John Cornyn as a scapegoat? I mean, think about everything that John Cornyn has done in the recent past few months. John Cornyn has uh, tried to um, uh, make the 4th of July obsolete and he has pushed uh, critical race theory support by way of making Juneteenth a national holiday. Now, some people might say that that's conflation of what Juneteenth means to uh, people of color in America. Let's not get it twisted, okay? Juneteenth came right out of the 1619 Project, and the 1619 Project came right out of revising United States history with abolishing the uh, uh, the 4th of July and also everything that has to do with uh, the founding of this country from 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, all the way down to the Star-Spangled Banner, Ladies and Gentlemen, and the 1619 also pushes critical race theory. Does that sound like conflation when you have someone like John Cornyn, rhino senator of Texas, making Juneteenth a national holiday to support people of color and everything that they went through since 1619, right? Oh, but Texans don't seem to see that, do you, Texas? Right. Well, what about uh, what about John Cornyn uh, flying over to Ukraine to show support for the Nazis and for Zelensky and the globalists and Soros and every other uh, international agency that wants to uh, bring the world to its knees and uh, uh, basically uh, kill most of them? And to and to support billions and billions and billions of taxpayer dollars to Zelensky and Ukraine. And for all of that hard-earned and worked-for money, I still haven't gotten my in-studio dance from uh, Zelensky, guys. You know, I paid for it. I might as well be getting it, you know. Might as well be getting it. So Rhino Cornyn being asked by Mitch McConnell to find support for uh, the Democrats' bill to find a bipartisan path forward. John Cornyn doesn't say, no, Mitch McConnell, I'm not gonna do that because after all, I'm a Texan, damn it, and we love our guns. We don't believe in any type of of red flag laws or any type of uh, control in that regard. Cornyn doesn't say that. No, 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 no. What Cornyn does is he finds... A lot of support for it. And this is where we get into not just the rhino politicians, not just the rhino unelected officials and bureaucrats. We're talking like civilians, NGOs, conservative NGOs that say that they're there for the American people and the constituents. Or are they rhinos as well? What did Cornyn do? Cornyn found... 250 self-declared gun enthusiasts to donate, to donate to his bipartisan effort for gun reform. Gun enthusiasts throwing money at Cornyn to assist the Democrats in gun control. Yes, you heard me correct. Here's the root article, some Texas GOP donors urge Congress to act on gun control measures like red flag laws and to expand background checks. If there is any more reason why Cornyn needs to go now, it's like the 10th good and valid reason, but will it be ignored? More than 250 self-declared gun enthusiasts, including donors who have contributed to Governor Greg Abbott's campaigns, have signed on to an open letter supporting Senator Rhino John Cornyn and his efforts at bipartisan gun reform legislation. Major Republican donors, including some that have contributed to Greg Abbott's campaigns, joined other conservative Texans in signing an open letter supporting congressional action to increase gun restrictions in response to the mass shooting in Uvalde that left a blood trail. Now, conservative Texans, conservative Texans that sign on to increasing gun restrictions is a contradiction. The letter, which is expected to run as a full page ad in the Dallas Morning News on Sunday, endorses the creation of red flag laws, expanding background checks and raising the age to purchase a gun to 21. More than 250 self-declared gun enthusiasts signed it. So I guess these 250 gun enthusiasts organizations are going to print this letter urging Texas to give up their guns, which I mean, I know that is definitely conflation. Obviously they're not urging them to give up their guns, but obviously they are taking a step in that direction, right? And so just because they're conservative, supposedly, I guess they feel that by publishing a full page ad in the newspaper, it will influence, it will encourage, nay, it will inspire other conservatives to go along with it, right? I don't know, guys, I kind of feel like maybe they should have uh, they should have put the quote from Elon Musk that says um, that he believes that there should be more strict gun laws and that there should be more invasive background checks. I because that would definitely, you know, I mean Elon Musk guys, I mean these no name NGOs, they ain't gonna influence anyone. I don't care how enthusiastic they are about guns and now they want to give up their gun rights. Elon Musk, guys, he is the hot ticket for this type of propaganda PR. Don't you realize you should have had Elon Musk in this? He should have signed that letter too, right? Elon Musk, guys, that's the only way they're going to sell it. He's the only one that dupes stupid asleep conservatives into believing that um, he's conservative, right? Anyways, moving right along, let's get back to this article. Uh, It says here that um, most law enforcement experts believe these measures would make a difference. The letter reads, and recent polls of fellow conservatives suggest that there is strong support for such gun safety measures. The letter voices support for Texas senior Senator John Cornyn, who has been tapped to lead bipartisan negotiations in Congress over possible gun reform measures. We are grateful that our senator, Rhino John Cornyn, is leading efforts to address the recent tragedies in Uvalde and elsewhere across our great country. We are grateful that he's trying to destroy the 4th of July. We are grateful that he is part of the revisionist history from the left. We are grateful that uh, John Cornyn represents Texas and Nazis in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. That's also what the letter says. Maybe not. Uh, John Cornyn is the right rhino to lead this bipartisan effort, and he has demonstrated throughout his career that he is, in fact, a rhino. In an interview with Politico, Cornyn stressed that he was not interested in restricting the rights of law-abiding citizens under the Second Amendment because he would not be restricting them. No, the law would and the uh, psycho, uh, psychotherapists would, and the doctors, and everyone else that thinks that you should not own a gun because you are a danger to humanity because, well, you support President Trump, right? Um, but apparently John Cornyn said it would be embarrassing, right? Uh oh! It sounds like uh, it sounds like John Cornyn is actually the birth father of Beta Beta O'Rourke, right? It would be embarrassing if Uvalde did not spark Congress to re- reach some sort of. Oh, that just means that we're not going to be beholden to uh, exploitation or propaganda. Is kind of what I think. Anyways, letter was paid for by Todd Macklin, a former senior executive at J.P. Morgan Chase, who now runs the Dallas-based finance firm Macklin Management. Macklin said he is a conservative gun owner who has been stirred to action by the shooting in Uvalde. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite interesting. Quite interesting. Quite interesting. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something about Uvalde, but never mind. Okay, all right. Craziness, guys, craziness. And I forgot to change my banner. That's exactly how how passionate I was feeling about this topic at the moment. Anyway, so there you go. John Kernan, ladies and gentlemen. That man needs to go like yesterday, pretty much, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm sure you understand. I'm sure you understand. All right, guys, that's going to take us to. uh, I think that's going to take us to our final story for tonight. What do you say, guys? Do I got it on the board here? Oh, (laughs) that's not the last story for tonight, nor will it be the last story until we hold these rhinos accountable. Ladies and gentlemen, please stop beating the rhinos. Don't donate to establishment GOP just because Elon Musk is going to be voting Republican. Okay, don't do it. Just don't do it. I beg you. I ask you. I plead with you. All right. Don't be duped. Don't be conned. Aren't you tired of these people deceiving you? Aren't you tired of looking a certain way? Please stop feeding the rhinos. Because as far as Elon Musk goes, he gets one of these too. Yes, indeed. If uh, Elon Musk declared himself a Republican, he would definitely get one of those alerts. He would have to prove himself beyond a shadow of a doubt, which would take some time because we cannot make an assessment of his true nature based on one or two activities. Like, I'm going to free censorship and I'm going to uh, reveal the truth about Twitter. And then I'm going to flip-flop on guns, right? Those two things do not a conservative Elon make, okay? He's got a longer track record of being a left-leaning, liberal, globalist, transhumanist individual than he does being conservative. It would take at least three or four years of on-the-record decision-making and behavior in order for me to not call him a rhino. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a tough cookie to crack sometimes. Last, last story for today. What is this? We've got President Obrador on the screen here, guys. Uh, we're going south of the border for our final story for tonight. Mexico President Obrador says to illegitimate Joe, Hasta luego, payaso. <laughs> for those of you who need... um. A translation that means "I'll see you later, clown." I was gonna, I was gonna use some language much more colorful than payaso, but I decided, for the sake of anyone who happens to be Spanish-speaking, that I keep it clean. So we went with the Spanish word for clown, payaso. Right uh, now, why is um, President Amlo of Mexico, um, you know, making goofy faces at him and doing the whole cuckoo cacha thing at uh, at uh, Joe Biden? Well, in case you guys had or had not heard about it, um, they are going to be holding um, a South American uh, Hispanic heritage. It's called the Summit of the Americas, okay? The Summit of the Americas is coming up, wherein, you know, all of the leaders of uh, the Americas, plural, uh, North and South, come together, you know, and have a little powwow with each other. Well, uh, Mexican President... AMLO, officially declined to attend the U.S.-led summit, and I thought it was interesting. So uh, let's see what it says here. It says, Mexican President Andrés Manuel López Obrador, AMLO, has confirmed that he will not attend the U.S.-led summit of the Americas, opting to skip the event due to its refusal to host the leaders of Nicaragua, Venezuela, and Cuba. Now, What do you think the case would have been had President Trump been in office? Do you think that had President Trump been in office and Nicaragua, Venezuela and Cuba were excluded, that Obrador would decline to come? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that Nicaragua, Venezuela, and Cuba could still have been barred from this summit and Obrador would have attended. Now, Obrador, he's a pretty good, like, I would say he's a pretty good measuring stick, right? Like, he's like one of those people, it seems based on stories that we've shared and I've read about Obrador and what he has done with the Biden administration and the United States of America and the relationship between them, uh, between us and Mexico is that he's a total opportunist right and he's he's like a little like he's like a little gremlin like leader he's like yeah screw you Biden like he's going to go and he's going to fly in the face of uh, the United States of America because Biden is supposedly the president of it or, you know maybe maybe it's because much like Putin Obrador not only recognizes but knows for a fact that Biden rules nothing right it's it's a pantomime government that's attempting to uh, trick the United States of America, the citizens, the people, and the world into believing that they're an actual legitimate regime, right? All without any bullets flying, right? Because every other regime that does it, well, they tend to have to use force, right? But AMLO here is like, he's like throwing raspberries. You saw his cuckoo ka chow He was like, he's throwing raspberries at Biden and their administration. And he's going to go ahead and side with his... uh, his uh, central South American buddies who are enemies of America, but yet somehow America is what installing Wi-Fi in Cuba and, uh, I don't know, like buying oil from Venezuela, stuff like that. And so, um, I think he's just doing it to be a a Grinch to the Biden administration, right? He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna do it. And he's going to show. Yeah. I mean, he is a socialist, right? Trump said it himself. He is a socialist. Um, but, uh, I don't know, I, he, I think that Obrador just totally does not respect the United States of America, let alone Biden, and that's why he's doing these types of things, because, again, had President Trump been in office, oh, this wouldn't have happened, right? Uh, Mexico would have taken a stand against Cuba and Venezuela, at least. So, uh, this is what AMLO has to say. Again, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, President AMLO, says, I'm not going to the summit uh, because not all countries are invited. That is, uh, no me vamos a el summit porque uh, todos los uh, countries seen invitado. Um, that's what he said in a press conference on Monday. He warned Washington for weeks that he would pull out if all countries in the region were not permitted to attend and plans to visit communities damaged by a recent hurricane instead. The Mexican leader did not blame U.S. President-elect Joe Biden alone for Washington's decision not to invite the three left-leaning nations, calling the American leader a good man, right, (laughs) and acknowledging the many pressures from Republicans and especially from some leaders in the Republican Party and also in the Democrat Party that have something to do with the Cuban community in Florida and in the United States. AMLO is not the only leader to decline Washington's invitation over ideological differences. Honduras President Chimara Castro declared on Saturday that she would stay home and send F.M. Eduardo Enrique Reyna to Los Angeles instead. The Honduran snub hints at the years of diplomatic strain between uh, Tegucigalpa and Washington. While U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris was the guest of honor at Castro's inauguration, the Obama administration, specifically Hillary Clinton's State Department, backed the 2009 coup in Honduras, which took out Castro's husband, Manuel Zalea, kicking off years of overt human rights abuses while Biden looked the other way as vice president along with the rest of Obama's cabinet. Following Castro's inauguration, the United States extradited her predecessor, its former ally Juan Orlando Hernandez, to face trial on federal drug charges, presumably turning the page on the relationship between the two countries. Bolivian President Luis Arce, warned last month that he would not attend the summit of the Americas either unless the exclusion of brotherly peoples in Nicaragua, Venezuela, and Cuba was ended. Argentinian President Alberto Fernandez had also decried the United States snub of the three leftist countries and planned to skip the summit until he reportedly received a personal phone call from Biden. And, of course, even Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro, who is the antithesis of a leftist leader, had publicly stated he would not be at the summit until the White House allegedly promised a bilateral meeting with the United States president. Note, President Bolsonaro didn't say, unless you invite the three leftist countries of the region. No, he didn't say that. He said, we need to have a bilateral meeting first. Biden, because you've been ignoring me, Biden, because you know that this, uh, you know that this passion, this uh, Spanish-Brazilian passion is too much for you to handle, because Jair Bolsonaro, he is not afraid to state his mind and state the facts, and uh, that's probably too much for uh, Biden to handle. And while Chilean President Gabriel Boric has not announced plans to skip the summit, he described the decision to exclude Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua as an error and a mistake on Monday, arguing that by leaving them out, the United States was actually then reinforcing the position that these other countries take in their own countries. The summit of the Americas begins on Monday. Oh, I guess that's today in Los Angeles. An anonymous official confirmed to Reuters that the Biden administration had made a final decision To exclude Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua, the three nations were designated by the Trump administration's national security advisor, John Bolton, as the Troika of Terror, again, heralding back to memories of Russia in an apparent effort to revive Washington's allies' enthusiasm for leveling muscular sanctions against its socialist neighbors, which again, Why are we going to be buying oil from Venezuela if we're just going to be, we might as well, you might as well invite them. I mean, otherwise you ain't going to be able to seal the deal, Biden. Oh, these people, man. These people, they make such fools and hypocrites of themselves. It is, um, it would be entertaining if it weren't so sickening, ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in to tonight's edition of The Sea Report. I'm glad you all hung out. We had a pretty great audience. I don't know about across all channels, but we did either way. Um, Let me see what's going on over here. Probably not much. Um, That's not even begun yet. But yes, all right, guys. So you guys, you know, it was a great show. We had a lot to talk about there. It was a mixed bag today, as I would say. But uh, definitely, definitely kind of circling around previous administrations as well as... um, some of the things that they were doing, you know, um, there's no telling what things could be on the horizon as far as that is concerned. Right. And then, of course, around the rhinos, you know, I mean, that will continue. to be. Now, are the rhinos the bane of all existence and uh, are they the bane of everyone who is striving for, um, you know, the republic, constitutionality, liberty? No, not necessarily. I mean, you know, uh, we do have globalists. We do have Nazis. We do have um, NGOs that are uh, quite frequently participating in regime change. But for America, for these United States of America, for supposedly awake conservatives, I would say the Republican rhinos are definitely a bane of existence for them. I mean, guys for taking things at such face value. um, Again, discernment is important. I mean, obviously we want to trust those whom we elect. Obviously we want to trust the opinions, points of views um, of, of other conservatives that don't seem to see the rhino in the room, but it's gonna be decision time quite immediately. And and that is not to hearken on a divide within the Republican Party or the conservative movement or the awake America Americans or the MAGA Make America Great Again patriots. It's not about division. Uh, consequently, um, we have to. We consequently we will always be faced with these types of of um, uh, conflicts with each other. Uh, with each other, I mean obviously obviously, within our own uh, similar belief systems and patterns. But, um, you know, it's just that if we really, really want to barrel down and make adequate headway in the restoration of our republic, we will have to recognize these things. I don't know how to say those things without sounding too extremist. Like we're just going to leave behind everyone that even exhibits a quality of Rhino, because then what would we be doing with someone like president Trump? Obviously, you know, for the politics that he plays, that throws a lot of people into a pitch fit of, you know, panty twisted black pilledness. I, you know, I would have to do the same thing just on those standards. So I don't know. Discretion, uh, discernment, caution, and um, wisdom, I think asking for it, you know, would be our best bet. Um, integrity and resolution, being, uh, you know, whole, having resolve in our decisions, I think would be another thing. I don't know where else to go there for that, guys. I'm going to leave you guys on that note. I know it's a, it's a little bit of a cliffhanger. If not a cliffhanger, definitely like... Some type of just weird uh, pan philosophical philosophical political idea, and I'm tripping up on my own words, guys. It's time to have dinner, so I'm gonna let you guys go for tonight. We'll be back again tomorrow. I think maybe tomorrow we'll have a more fluid type of um, a show in regards to uh, in regards to the structure huh. and more news, guys, on the uh, on the Mr. C uh, TV front. We'll get to you guys about it. Things are developing and uh just gotta bring it up to another level. Have a great night, Tam Growl, Java, Aurelius Lock, Skeeter Burke. Um, let's see here, who else is there? Uh everyone else who's watching. (laughs) Everyone on all platforms, awakened mom, all you, all you good people uh hanging out. Um, tonight, um, don't forget check out thecreport.com. Visit us and also uh, like and uh, subscribe on all our platforms. Um, follow us on Truth Social at Mrctv at gab at mr underscore CTV. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, be safe and be blessed, and God bless America. We will see you soon. Have a good night, y'all. Ta ta.